Bum, 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 bum. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I was gonna do the Indiana Jones theme, but I gotta listen to this sick-ass beat. God damn it. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for helping me with that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's another episode of Galani and Chill. Bum, ba-da-dum, bum, bum, ba-da-dum, bum. It's Galanti <laughs> and Chill. <laughs> I am with Devin Kopech. Don't forget about Steve O'Terry. How you doing? And finally, I will bring up John Suarez. You think the people in our lives that like hear us in the other rooms are always like, what? Yeah. What are they doing? Guaranteed. Of course. I mean, I, I what sing. What exactly is happening? Over I there? sing once a month and I'm sure they're like, what is, what is going okay. on? And they don't hear the other end of it. They I just know. hear your parts. Screaming <laughs> into the void like a maniac. I think if you, you should just film one of us every podcast. <laughs> just. <laughs> and then post us just, and not the other audio, just us talking. Just gesticulating wildly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like not even like a camera angle from in front of us. It's like over our shoulder behind us from afar. <laughs> like a security cam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no one would understand, but I would love it. They were doing this for two hours straight. <laughs> Um, guys, Jesus Christ. So it's a glunny and chill in which I was able to watch an entire series and see a new film, which was also part of that series. And that's, that's pretty rare occurrence. Yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's straight up fun. I was the last, I don't know. I can't remember last time I did this for what series exactly. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we're doing uh, Indiana Jones folks. That guy with the whip. That guy with the whip. And he was far too old. And the, what is it? Uh, <laughs> that is, that a, is, that a fedora? is that a fedora that he wears? Yeah, it's a fedora, yeah. He's uh, the only cool one. I think it's called a cattleman fedora, specifically. Mm. Because it's like raw, raw high. Shia LaBeouf almost put it on. Kingdom in the Crystal Skull, and people groaned in the theater, and then he didn't. And then he didn't put it on. Fate Spoilers. was not kind to poor Shia LaBeouf. Uh-uh. They, uh, didn't want him back. <laughs> <laughs> they were not. not they was like we, they, we got that meme from him, the green screen meme. We yeah. did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Wait, that was during Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Holy shit! No, I don't know. No, I think it was after, a little bit after. But we got it from. Shia, so yeah. Well, listen, he's gonna play. He's gonna be Padre Pio in the Padre Pio movie. So that's gonna be his big redemption arc. Who's that? that? Some saint. He's like the the dude in uh, Catholicism. (laughs) That dude. So many grandmas are gonna see that movie. That's what I'm saying, man. Uh, Steve knows about it. John knows. I don't even know what the movie. What's the movie called? Taking his grandma. I think it's just called Padre Pio. (laughs) Yeah, probably. It's about this. uh, Is he a saint? Steve? Yes. At so least he's the saint. I think I have a he... thing of Padre Pio in the other room. Wait, yeah, you he, do? Uh, yeah. He like for some reason like his miracle or whatever cuz each saint has to have a miracle. Like he like woke up with like Jesus's like crucifix wounds. Oh, he's the stigmata? Stigmata. Yeah, stigmata. That's that's the word I was Stigmata. Steve Mata. Steve, Steve Mata. That's why Steve has it. I you got see, slime all over my hands. You get those tattoos yet? Those stigmata oh, okay. tattoos? 
apparently this movie has already come out. Oh, oh God, well. really? That's Guess so. sad. It uh, let's just say the scores don't look too favorable for it. Oh no! What's that, what's that Metacritic? Is it better or worse Ooh. than uh, Morbius? Twenty eight percent actually. Oh, so. No, that's rough. This is Shia Morbius movie too. And that's the thing. That was crazy because he changed to Catholicism after doing this movie. That's how method he oh, was. Jesus. Uh, is that like? Is that? The new, re- like the the automatic response now to method acting, like we just go, you oh, just become that per- like Jesus. Christ. Daniel Day Lewis just became Abraham Lincoln. See, now Dan- he's just Abraham Lincoln now. Abraham, 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 Daniel Day Lewis is it? That was the end of method acting. That's, that's probably it's over. Fair. It's over now. He did it. He you pushed know, it as far as it can go. Apparently, Christian Bale's not a method actor. Yeah, yeah, he's a, uh, you know, when the scene's ready, I'm, I'm He's just an baby. asshole? He's just an asshole to that guy <laughs> yeah, that yeah. did the lights? The yeah. guy that did the lights on Terminator I mean, Salvation? I guess, to be fair, <laughs> he he freely admitted it. He's like, oh yeah, I was being a huge fucking asshole. But, yeah, I think uh, I think somebody described it as like, they're like, for like 10 seconds prior to it, he like gets in there. And then they shoot. And then it's that's, like ready. That's the way it but, should be, right? Like Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro wakes up from a nap and then shoots his scenes. Well, now he does. But back in the day, he was. No, I heard back in the day even too. Taxi driver. He's like, I'm going to take a 20 minute. Wake <laughs> me up and I stumble on set. Steve, he lived with a deer hunting family. Yeah. And he would hunter. take naps constantly. <laughs> he was always napping in that deer stand, dude. He's so tired all the time. He's an old man. He has to nap or he dies. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> is that, is that, I mean, that's for all of us, really. I mean, Harrison Ford's probably on steroids now. Uh, dude, he's probably on a few things. I mean, listen, we, we don't have to get into it at this point, but I will say that guy's rocking some cum gutters still. <laughs> he's on steroids. He's There's rocking no those. I mean, he's got that he steroid go? belly. Yeah, fuck it. He's not hurting anybody. He's supposed to look good with his shirt off at 80. Let the man look good. I mean, let the man look good, even with steroids. But hey, man, let him do it, right? <laughs> yeah, man, just go rock, rock out. He looked like a skeleton that somebody pulled leather around. That I was mean, pr- probably the best eighty-year-old body. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, by far, I by bet. Yeah. <sighs> Hold on, how yeah. old is Harrison Ford? He's like eighty-nine. Yeah, like 80, no, he's not eighty-nine. No, eighty-two. No, yeah, he's just eighty. He's just eighty. Right just straight up eighty. Um. Yeah. 80, could you imagine, dude? I that would have been a crime. Dude, like somebody should have been John arrested. Williams is ninety five. Oh, they're shit. not making fucking. They're not shit. making John Williams whip a whip and shoot guns and jump. No, they're making him. Well, actually, I don't think they made him do much. For yeah, him. they, they make him. No, no, they make him run on a treadmill the entire time. <laughs> he's, just made, he's just making money from the movie. That's it. That's all. Yeah. Well, he wanted he wanted to retire at Kingdom uh, uh, Crystal Skull. Which I found out. And wait, Williams or wait, wait until he finds John out Williams. that James Gunn's gonna want him to, to for a Superman legacy. And we're just Guys. Oh, th- you know what? I, I I'm gonna we're gonna talk about this later because I wanna I wanna hold off on any of the new stuff. Okay, okay. sure, sure, okay. sure, sure. Okay, Got no it. problem. We're gonna put that at the end of the film. So if you want on the film podcast, I know what that's we the, do. It's the chill part. 
That's the chill part. That's the yeah. chill part. <laughs> this is the Galani. So you want to? This is the Galani part. You want to start off with Indy, the old. The that, old no, that's the, the thing. Old. I want. Yeah, I want to. Okay. Well, first, you know, I want to see. You, we do the classic. Like, what have we seen? And I know uh, we've seen Dial of Destiny, but I want to put that at the end because that's going to be like the little token that people people are going to go. Ooh, what do they think of that? That's a good point. I think you're right, man. I think uh, anything outside of eighty year old man movie, um, we can talk about. That we watched this week or played. Yeah. I'm going to go with just watch. Actually, let me just go with just watch. If you guys watched anything outside of 80 year old man can't run, that's what I'm going to call I, it. Uh, uh, I could start, guys. I watched that. So I was traveling this week um, and I watched on the plane. Uh, I finally got to pull the trigger, but I was I watched Paddington too. Ooh. Bravo. Kino, Kino, Kino. It was you know very Kino, <laughs> Kino. And the uh, and the there was a woman who sat next to me, and she watched that movie, and I still cannot think of the name, and it's driving me up a goddamn wall. What happens in it? Uh, it's the you can't handle the truth movie. What is oh, that? few good men. Yes, yeah, thank you. So she was watching the movie. Classic, right? classic, classic movie. And the so flight, good. the flight's about two hours, two and a half hours. You know, if you could, it, like, I looked at the runtime and I was like, she's going to be cutting it close, right? Hmm. And, like, I look over because, you know, we're, you know, it's airplane seats. So we're basically on top of each other. And she keeps rewinding the movie, like, every once in a while. And I'm like, what are you doing in my head? I'm like, you're going to miss the part. Like, the part. Maybe that's why she was rewinding. Maybe she thought she missed the part. Because <laughs> it's like at the very end of that movie, right? So it's like, and I've never actually seen it. Wait, but was I she, just, re- she rewinding the Kiefer Sutherland parts? Because he's, he's a heartthrob. He's a heartthrob. Dude, there's a lot of babes in that movie, I kind of realized. Jack but, uh It's Oof. like literally... <laughs> oh, what a, what a s- smoking. Uh, but like it's literally... Uh, so, you know, if you've never flown before, if it's been a while, you know, you're watching the movie. And anytime an announcement comes on, the movie pauses and it goes right into your earbuds. Wait, right? It like stops the movie. That's yeah, interesting. It stops the I movie and they're like, oh, so we're, you know, 25 minutes from descent or anything. So like it's already going to pause the movie intermittently as like there's announcements made. And like, dude, this... She just... She got to the very end and we're like landing. And like the scene's about to happen, <laughs> and it, and she missed out, and I was like, maybe if you did, you, like I got you mad did this for to her. Your, you did it to yourself, Devin. Like, did you, you say, Devin was like, congratulations, you, movie, you played yourself. It seemed like you were watching more. Oh, of no, no, no. I did my was. I did my homework. Padding too is not <laughs> that long, you know. Padding is like a tight like one forty. It's a tight. It's uh, yeah, maybe I think maybe even a little bit less, but yeah, I'd say it's about know? an hour, hour and a half, hour forty five. Yeah, like, and I was like in, in and out, out dude, and hour, I was like hour forty three. I didn't even look that up. I just looked it up. I I'm not trying to brag here, but that was a good estimate on my behalf. Yeah, no, it was. it's a good movie, so you know that the time the runtime's not insane. You know, yeah. that's a tight movie. <laughs> tight movie. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's actually going to come up a lot. So oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, listen, uh, Paddington Two, um, as advertised, guys, it was really really good. Uh, Devin, uh, I, I, we, we all know Patting too. It's a masterpiece. What were the other films you could have chose from? Is there like a list? Uh, oh my goodness! So was it many. just? Oh, it was a long. Okay, yeah, it, was, it, was a list. it was a huge list. It was a huge list. It was Sicario. Two was one of them. Sicario two, Paddington two, and the can Pugetman. I also shout out like 
Um, and I don't know if I'm just what airline. Being, what airline was this? That was Delta. Was oh boy, yeah, baby. basically a billionaire. Oh, the uh, oh, the, um, the airline. That, the airline that hates dogs. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what they they love humans. Most apparently. dogs killed in a flight. They have that. Oh, I didn't know the police had an airline. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, but like, dude, I cannot stand. So again, I, I travel more than probably most people, but what is the goddamn point of downloading a video to your app like HBO, YouTube, uh, any of these apps that let you download things if they require an internet connection to log in? Oh, that's dumb. Mm, that's the dumb. only one. The only one that seems like they haven't figured out is YouTube. Because they like they like clock you, where it's like after like a certain like a week or or, or a month, I think. Dude, it's not even that. It's not even that. It's just like I was the night before I was downloading stuff because I'm like I'm going to go on the plane, and just it was like now, 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 and I was about to lose my, I was about to lose my mind, and um, I just don't get it, and I don't know if it's just something I'm stupidly not doing, but. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, hey, dummy, it's you just got to put on the you got to click the butt button or something. Please let me know. I will put it on airplane mode, Devin. Ha, 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 ha. (laughs) If it was that simple, I did you blow my brains out tonight. You didn't have Wi-Fi on the flight. It was an option. I just didn't feel like paying for it. Oh, it was extra. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a flight is generally going to be like. $17, $17, you know, for Wi-Fi throughout the whole flight. flight. And, like, I even could have expensed it, but it was just... So after padding... Had, YouTube... Yeah, after that, I basically watched uh, her her movie, like, you know, on my screen. And then um, and then I just... Play. And that was on the way home. Like, on the way there, I, I had enough YouTube to, like, get me there. You know what I mean? You watch just a bunch of Markiplier. Yeah. And like, I was talking to my coworker and like, you know, cause it's kind of like, sometimes I travel with people I, I know I work with mm-hmm. and I talk to, but I've never actually met them. So it was like, you know, he's a cool guy. Good guy. The other guy, he sat in a different spot, so we didn't have to deal with him. But uh, mm, Not a cool guy. Was he watching uh, Paddington too guy. as well? Uh, who knows? Dude, that <laughs> he's probably looking at a lot of memes. He's a big meme guy. Did you bring hey, up Paddington? Grimace. <laughs> oh no! Trust me, Grimace was discussed. Oh, I think every everywhere. meme that's ever existed ever was discussed. Actually. Devin, can I ask you a question? This is a hypothetical that could have happened. What Go if, when you got on the plane, you saw you look over and you just see someone's just sipping a a, a Grimace birthday milkshake? Oh like, no! Right before takeoff. So you know, I, the if they're theory. younger, if they're like Gen Z, I'd actually be a slightly concerned. Yeah, you'd be concerned. They're going like, to if they have their the phone. flight with a stupid video that they yeah, want to make. Yeah, a TikTok <laughs> attempt, like a thousand percent that. And they're going to annoy a bunch of people <laughs> around them. <laughs> they they just open up the emergency exit. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the main character right there. No, a thousand percent. <laughs> um. You know, I know I, that's a horrible I, story, but uh, about the kid who got shot for calling somebody an NPC. But like on some I, level, what? You what, didn't what hear about this? No, this old news. This happened yeah, this week. It was like a. It's just a national story. Some kid called a guy an NPC, and old news. His reaction was very, you very an aggressive. 
I called you an NPC the other day. You gonna yeah. kill me? Well, if we're in a mall in Texas, well, John, oh, you never Texas. Called... <laughs> oh, I think Texas, Texas. Yeah, you never called you know. me an NPC. I call you far worse. <laughs> so you Star Wars enjoyer, Chris. Oh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude. I was, I was went super saiyan there. <laughs> <laughs> You're just, um, just going to knock on the door. Chris is going to punch you square in the jaw and be like, you know what happened. <laughs> is gonna why this out. happened. Chris is going to take out his double-sided lightsaber and just start swinging well, on me. Ooh. <laughs> well, at least you know I respect the only three movies that matter in the Star Wars universe. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're about to have a duel of the fate, Steve. Get out of here. I got the high yeah. ground. <laughs> Again, more John Williams references. I mean, all right. Well, you know. Since we brought him up and he's going, I'm going to talk about him before. Probably the most prolific and greatest movie scorer. In the time, I don't right? think I don't think Damn. it's close, dude. The goat, the goat. I believe yeah. is, the, is how we describe these guys, right? When Hans Zimmer and and and, and Danny, uh, what's his name, Elfman. Uh, Danny, Elfman. No, those guys, yeah, they're clawing at his heels. He's, they're nowhere near. Uh, Dan, yeah. yeah. John Williams is day, what dude, we would yeah. call what we would call S tier one of one on <laughs> yeah. tier lists. I've or only owned one album of soundtracks collecting one composer's hits. <laughs> it wasn't Danny Elfman. It wasn't Hans Zimmer. It was John Williams. And you know what? They were all bangers. It was yeah, J like Dubs. Steve, you did buy the Oingo Boingo album. So. That was an accident. That was an accident. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought it was some sort of cream for my taint. I mean, <laughs> I think for me, when John Williams was like goaded, like officially is like, because, you know, you have your Star Wars, you have your Supermans, and I'm not saying Jurassic Park, like Jaws. I'm not saying Jaws, but I'm not Superman. saying like. Yeah, like I'm not saying they need to be recent, well, but you're, uh, you're like, you're like, okay, yeah, really great, blah, blah, blah. And then in like fucking the mid 2000s or whatever he's like oh yeah here's a harry potter theme and you're like oh this is fucking astounding and it's yeah, like dude. the you're guy right. just and the star you know and the the prequels and all and that. jurassic and, park and superman and yeah. star wars and uh, Jones. I, I he's like, what, gen- sh- what, what decade is it oh, there's, here, n- there's can, no- I drop, can i drop a turd on you right now devin drop not, one, not drop a turd one. not an actual turd but like yeah, can dude. i just drop a bomb on you he did the Home Alone theme too. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah, he did. No, honestly, he introduced so many like he's he the goat, made dude. Christmas music, like yeah, those are those he's are songs goat. we listen to for a holiday now. Right. You really, you really can't, you can't go higher on any tier list for movie composers as John as e. John Williams. And how old is I don't he? think 89? there's a more representative song. For a character than the Superman theme, like it oh my is goodness. fucking perfect. Oh yeah, it's per. It's a that's a per. I think that's a perfect theme. There, right? yeah, it's better than the Batman theme, like way better, way better. It's like iconic. It's synonymous. It's like exactly. you know, it's, well, that's it's the uplifting. That's, it's hopeful. It's everything that Superman is. That's the thing because it's like everybody like heard the Batman theme and was like, "Yo, Danny Elfman." You're you're going you're, up there, dude. You're, dude. you're, you're gonna dope, be the next dude. John Williams. And then, like, you know, Sam Raimi hired him and he's like, I bet you we're gonna get a banger. And then he essentially did like a the different Batman. version of the Batman theme <laughs> exactly. for Spider-Man, and you're like, oh 
See, that's Listen, the thing. I, I don't want to. I don't dunk on Danny Elfman's I'm dunk that, on that's, everybody. That's pretty easy iconic. Yeah, because but, I like, spend, I, here's the thing. I spend my entire life doing a character to Chris. Chris can testify this called drunk John Williams. Yeah, <laughs> it was right. just John Williams drunk off his ass. Just, just bad mouth and Danny Elfman. <laughs> and, and, and in this moment in time, I do want to flip the script. Okay. No, but like the the Superman theme is like is like contemporary Beethoven if you think about it. Oh, it's like, beautiful. Like, it's like, but like it's, his 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 like musical language always changed. Like he like you know the Superman theme doesn't sound like the Star Wars theme. The no. Star Wars theme doesn't sound right. like exactly. Raiders of the Lost Ark or ET Home Alone. Like you know sound he like definitely has the themes. Yeah, exactly. Like when you yeah, like you can't put the Star Wars theme to Superman and and it's and have it work. Like I don't know how he does it. I don't know. I'm, how exci- he does I'm it, excited to talk about like the Indiana Jones movies because I'm holding back on some of the John. He, he's Williams the stuff guy. He's the guy the though where you're like. You know, if you're like so brilliant, you should be like forced to work forever. And this is one where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I think maybe we all universally agree to that. Like, yeah, we're he like, had to work forever. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, dude, you're you too good. What? I think maybe maybe they should crush all the animators for Beyond the Spider Verse. <laughs> yeah, they should. Did we <laughs> agree like, on maybe, that in the last podcast? Like, that's a good. Yeah, we kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I maybe you just, just should run these movies into the ground for the for the sake of art. Listen, it's a cultural win here, fellas. So we're gonna push you real hard. Like that's what I want. We need you. <laughs> like even when he was tasked with like a bad movie, like Phantom Menace, any of those movies. Come on, Duel the Fates. Yeah, like come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Like he, he was the one. Yeah, yeah, the heat still. He doesn't phone it in, dude. John yeah, yeah, not, we're not talking about it. Even the theme song, right? It's like. Oh, I would like argue one Imperial themes, March. His themes outlast a lot of his movies. Like, He's, like uh, oh, he goes yeah. hard in the paint, as they say in Atlanta, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Atlanta basketball underground world. John Williams goes hard in the paint. That's what they would say about him. Hard in that damn paint. Look, well, look at him go. Well, fellas, I mean, does anybody else have, uh, have anything to talk about, or should we jump in? I, I mean, I guess that's a that's a pretty good podcast. Yeah, I crush it. That, that guy's got a much better note. I'll do an MFK for John Williams, man. Oh, impossible, dude. <laughs> All right, so oh. 1958's Daddy O. <laughs> Is that his first movie? Oh, uh, easy kill, easy kill. He's not there yet. <laughs> well, then we got to go to 1962's Diamond Head. What the fuck? I've never heard of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> John, I would be in if he was Mormon. I would be his third wife. I'll oh. just say that, okay? I, I would let him have other wives. You would, you would <laughs> okay? So you'd be his first wife. I have a tier of, of Mary. John Williams is. It's like I think this. he's, he's the only person that I'm like he deserves the Academy Award, like every award that he's ever won. Like there's so many people. That have won movies and actors that have won Academy Awards, and I'm like, eh, meh. And he's won so many, and I'm like, oh, he deserves every one. Yeah, like, there's, like there's the, no can question. You imagine going against John Williams, oh, like in an Oscars. Like you know, you're gonna lose. Yeah, it's oh, that LeBron, it's that LeBron meme, that <laughs> LeBron gif that. where where uh, where he sees Kawhi Leonard checking in to defend him, and he's like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, dang. fuck, yeah, shit. Shit, John Williams is fucking nominated again. All right, well, we don't. That's even have Danny to Elfman. Go. That's his whole personality. We don't even have to go this year, honey. <laughs> and then and Hans Zimmer, for that matter. Yeah, let's just, let's just order some Chinese food and watch Sopranos. Tonight. He's been nominated. Oh God, so many times. I think he's the most winningest person 
in the history of the Academy Awards, right? Yeah, it's him, and then Serena Williams is number two, the most winningest, <laughs> winningest people. He was nominated twice in, in 1970. It's John Williams, and then it's Serena Williams. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, so both Williams. He only won Williams five times. His grandfather, Serena Williams. Yeah. Fiddler Williams. on the Roof, Jaws, Star Wars, E.T., and Schindler's List. He didn't even win for Superman? Are these people crazy? What yeah, Superman you know, theme that year? What the fuck? That's crazy. What year is this? This is 1979. 1979. Oh, 1980, right? They didn't want to give it to him. They didn't want to give it to him because he won the year before, I bet. Oh, wow. Bro, he got, the, fucking he got the Nikola that. Jokic. Uh, all right, all right. So, uh, best of your score, Midnight Express. Ooh, that's a that's, great score. Pretty good. That is pretty that's good. good. All right. That's a good movie. Really. You know, Wait, we got to keep, keep in mind these are like some yeah, yeah. banger movie years. Yeah, dude. Hold on. Let's look up uh, Empire Strikes Express Back. Express is a fucking banger movie, though. Yeah, uh, let's see. Empire, he <laughs> lost for that. Uh, Fame by Michael Gore beat him that year. That's a musical. So I also guess. nominated uh, okay. for Raiders. Right, never won. Didn't win. Lost won that, yeah. to. Hold on. Oh, Raiders are nominated a bunch of times. Hold yeah, he it, lost tied to... with Red or Ah man, he lost to Chariots of Fire. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. I get yeah. it. You're gonna lose <laughs> to something. That's all that movie is. That movie yeah, is dude. just that song. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. It's the 1979 Academy Awards. Uh, yeah. that was yeah 79. Well, since we're jumping the gun, oh wait, no wait, Raiders was 1981, right? No, no, oh no. So Superman was 79. Oh, Superman, Superman, Superman. Yeah, and then Damn. yeah, I'm just looking at this list where he. All right, so I'm, if, John is, if John Williams is going to lose to anyone, it's going to be Giorgio Moroder. It's going to be that. Oh guy. yeah, dude. <laughs> I, 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 I can't even. Guy. You know, what, John Williams probably like game recognized game. Like, John Williams been nominated for this one. 53 Academy Awards. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Only 27 Golden Globes. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fucking sucks. Excuse me, Golden Globes. Damn. It I, I think he's won more, like, he's been nominated more times than, like, production companies that make movies. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, mm. I don't know, like, Warner Brothers and Paramount, they probably, I don't know if they do. Okay. But I wouldn't. I this movie is, this movie is actually pretty he wild. He beat himself for, close, for Star Wars. He beat himself for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's, I mean, Star Wars is the more memorable, right? I mean, of course. But it's just funny that he's, like, literally he's up though, against himself. Uh, Close Encounters, music is, like, the plot of the movie. Yeah, you know? I mean, like... Yeah. Da, na, da, na. None of those slap as hard as Star Wars. Dude, Midnight, Midnight Express music is fucking sick, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's a banger. That's fine. That's I'm banger. okay. I'm okay with that one. We checked the Rotten Tomatoes critics, haters, and we're okay with it. Banger. Um, okay, fellas, let's jump in, man. Let's talk about Indiana Jones. Um, good lord. Wow. I heard, yeah, we got some thunder going on here. So if we disappear, watch out. Yeah. Oh, okay. That um, or it's a boulder. Yeah, it's a boulder <laughs> or the Ark of the Covenant. That's oh, yeah, somebody opened it. Don't look. Screaming ghosts that burn us alive because we're talking about Indiana Jones. Um, God, man, I'm going to tell you something. You know, I'm going to preface this a little bit. Indiana Jones um, quite possibly could be my favorite Steven Spielberg series, George Lucas series, all of them combined like i i, I agree uh, i grew up watching these movies non-stop 
It was a, a particular period of time when I was a kid where basically all of these films were syndicated out the wazoo. And they were on every fucking channel, it seemed. And especially when it came to, like, the first three, I watched them whenever they were on. I, I don't think uh, there was ever a period of time where I turned it on and did not watch it mm. as a kid. And, uh, and you know, I'm surprised, too, because I feel like <clears throat> out of all these films, I've watched Temple of Doom the most. Uh, really? Yeah. That's, that's the same for me, actually. I don't. It was just on the most, I feel like. I, I agree. Probably. I was in the Last Crusade watch the most because that was the one I had on like VHS. I'd say that's second. I'd say that's a close second because um, Last Crusade is a Galani family household favorite. Mm. Did you uh, did you have it on VHS where it had like the commercial, the Pepsi commercial? Was no. it a Pepsi or a Coke commercial? Okay, so on on that VHS, and I'll never forget it because it would always open up with some guy on the couch being like, honey, can you go get me a Coke from the fridge? And she would walk into the kitchen and then the kitchen turned into a, t- a tomb. <laughs> and like she would go in and she would like try and take the Coke as if it was like the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. The like, idol. Stealing the idol. Yeah. And then like all this stuff and blow darts were happening. And then Indiana Jones in shadow like it probably definitely wasn't harrison ford but like indiana jones would scoop her throw her through the door before it like crushed doubt on her and i i'll never forget him being like thanks honey can you also get me a sandwich i like to think in that universe uh indiana jones sacrifices himself for a mother with a coat because he didn't get through the door right uh no he stayed in the kitchen yeah yeah he's dead (laughs) he died in that commercial steve how do you feel about that I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up so you guys can see. Did yeah, he here it, is. it was a Diet Coke yeah. ad. He died. Dude. He died in that commercial. Man, Diet Coke had a really good run of fun they movie had the Batman trailers. One. Yeah, that mm-hmm. Batman trailer is an all-time oh, I remember trailer that. Uh, commercial. Yeah, that's right. I posted it. But, of course, since we're starting you know, the series, we're talking about Raiders here. Raiders of the Lost Ark. The OG. The OG. Eh, didn't care for Raiders. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit gruesome. It's a uh, it's a classic, guys. I mean, I I I think it's almost akin to Star Wars. Like I'm surprised if nobody has seen it. Somebody talks to me and said he hasn't haven't seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm like, wow, really? Uh, that's surprising to me. I just mm. feel like uh, it was so it was so popular too. In the '80s, uh, if you're an '80s kid, I just I'm also I'm even more shocked. Yeah, like yeah. that blows my mind. Like if you were like from this era and just like completely just like weren't into it, because like it, I don't know, it's just like it's such like a like a fantasy to do, like just for kids, adults, whoever. Yes. It's just like it's, it's the like perfect... handsome guy kills Nazis, punches peoples, gets the girl. It's one of the most tightly made best you know, fantasy, like, disappear into a film, films. Yeah. Like, it is a, a movie that you vicariously live through Indiana Jones and his adventures. It's the, it's, I'd say this, the first three, they're the greatest, I, w- I don't want to say turn your brain off, but they're the greatest escapism movies I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I think I put them on the same level as, like, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's so they're so visual and there's it's such an open world and there's so many different 
beautiful, you know, locales and settings that it's so easy to just fall into these movies and uh, live in, in the world, you know? Yeah. Like for the longest time, this was like the untouched trilogy. Yeah. Like the, the weakest one was Temple of Doom. And like, even then in comparison to like Star Wars, Temple of Doom was like miles ahead. Like yeah. quality-wise. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know... I, if you read a, a lot of the reviews about Temple, which we'll talk about later, um, it seems like the crux of the criticism comes that it was too dark. Mm. And good Lord, like, that's what I like the most about it as an adult. Like, it's it's very, um, I think it's a very underrated movie. And um, that's, you know, of course, we're going to focus on that. But now, um, with Raiders... Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Raiders was made nineteen eighty one, a runtime of one hundred and fifty one min- one hundred and fifteen minutes. Um, Roger Tomato score ninety three percent, audience score ninety six percent. Yeah, this we is do the-, the thing. Do the, do the thing where we find out who gave it a bad critic. <laughs> a bad we can do it. it lacks unity it. of aim, time, place, and action. Worst of all, it lacks thrills. What? Mr. Spielberg was once rated as a director of talent. Sad, really. Top is this critic like, in the when UK. Was this, wait, when was it? Uh, when was that? May third, twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty three. What? What? Oh, these are Dude, yeah, these, these seem... are the twenty twenty three people who are just coming in. Honestly, I'm gonna say something that might sound like some like you know like tinfoil hat stuff, but I feel like there has been a lot of people hired for some i would i would describe it as tomfoolery to kind of mess with some numbers so you're saying there are people reviewers in particular critics i would say reviewers and people who are considered like audience reviewers who are who have been brought in to like kind of lift certain scores and maybe drop other scores okay i mean i i would not be surprised and I wouldn't be surprised if they're from vying production companies that want to tarnish mm. the the image of a, a movie that was made by, let's say, what was it, Paramount? Mm. It was Paramount who made the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. That's why, you know, you take your, your Rotten Tomato scores with, with a grain of salt. But I think, <laughs> you know, the overwhelming majority of critics realize that this movie is a fucking classic. Right. Like, there's no yeah. other way to describe it. Just fun. I mean, I don't want to say it's fun, but it's always just fascinating to be like, you hated this top critic of the New Republic? Stanley yeah, Kaufman, right? You fucking troll. You're a troll man. The pictures offer you a pact. You agree to be a kid again in return for its waiters. Gives you old time thrills. Express the slick. Modern cinematic terms. No thanks. <laughs> what? <laughs> November 4th, 2006. This guy. That sounded like a joke. That sounded like a joke. Uh, well, he gave it a rotten, man. No um, thanks. This movie, I, I want to talk about the box office because it's like, it's a, almost a fundamental part of describing these films yeah. and their impact. Um, it was a $20 million budgeted film. Raiders of the Lost Ark made $389 million. The majority of that attributed to 1981. So that, with inflation, I, I, it's got to be close to $600 million, $700 million. I heard um, that's how much the new one costs to make. <laughs> well, we will we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Like, this this was the highest grossing movie in 1981. It was... It, and the crazy thing is, I, I read a little bit into... Um, 
I read a little bit into how it was viewed at the time and they did a pre-release polling of this film. They did, you know, uh, uh, test groups for this movie. And it, it, there was very little interest in this movie before it came out. It's that is so shocking to me. It, it's weird because it's, you know, knowing Spielberg and Lucas, like this was based off of their interests of seeing like old timey movies that would always have like uh, one of these kind of serials in the beginning of like adventure man, like yeah. saving the day swinging sure. in the vines and stuff. Oh, so it's like, it was an old hangers. concept, even in the eighties, like, Oh, a guy with a whip and he fights Nazis. It, it's 1980s. Like, what are we still talking about? We're here for Top Gun. <laughs> Actually, I don't think Top Gun comes out for like eight more years. There's yeah. that one genius. I will make this movie. I will make this film. <laughs> I think um, I think people just weren't ready. You know, maybe those test audiences, they didn't realize what they were actually watching. And I and also a lot of the people involved in this were kind of, you know, we we know throughout history they're they're super remembered celebrities. But you know, before this, Spielberg made Jaws. Of course that was huge. Mm. But like as far as his impact on the culture, I don't think it was there yet. I think he hadn't made ET yet. He hadn't made ET yet. He, yeah, he, but I mean, he, it had it had the guy. It had Han Solo in it, so you know that's gonna did. count for something. That's I, crazy that there is like a period of time where that's like what Harrison Ford was known for: Han Solo and Deckard from Blade Runner. No, that came out like this year. Out, yeah, that came <laughs> out like 1980. 1980, I think he just made that movie, and I think that was. That was not uh, that that didn't do well at the box office. I remember no. correctly, like that did not click with people. Dude, Harrison Ford was cooking in no, the eighties. I'm sorry, that was 1982. That was the next year. <laughs> oh, he had, wasn't even in Blade Runner yet. So Harrison Ford, Han Solo, and Indiana Jones couldn't get people to the theaters to see Blade Runner. Damn, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this, you guys. <laughs> Damn, so we all we all know about Tom Selleck. Like that's a classic story that he was. Yeah. Around. Indie, but I have a list of actors that were discussed by not only Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, but Frank Marshall, the producer at the time. You guys want to? You want to hear this? Let me hear some of these. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So the list of actors considered for Indiana Jones were Bill Murray, Nick Nolte, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, Tim Matheson, Nick Mancuso, Peter Coyote. I don't even know who that is. Jack Nicholson, Jeff Bridges, John Shay. Sam Elliott and Harry Hamlin. Fucking list, man. Yeah, yeah that's Started all over the place, man. Very drastic movies. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I think if you if you threw Bill Murray in there, you got like a curmudgeon-y, sarcastic asshole. You threw Nick Nolte yeah. in there, you got somebody who's like on a bender. For, for that's I wouldn't believe I wouldn't believe he could outrun a boulder. That's <laughs> so interesting because it's like if he were to bring in like Bill Murray or like one of the comedy people that like was on your list. He fucking like, is he leaning into like the 1941 like that he had just made like years before like the comedy like World War Two movie again? I, I think they wanted you know uh, as well with the serials. The serials they had a lot of like faces. I know how this sounds. It sounds really weird, but like. Mm. It was very, you know, silent, most of them. And I think emoting with their faces was a big part of it. And I feel like mm. comedians do that a little bit more than dramatic actors. They, they have weirder, larger emotions that they they, they portray. And I, that's the only thing I would think of. That That's how they were thinking. They need somebody who could emote big and be bombastic and a little over the top, maybe. 
I think that was an avenue of Indiana Jones before Harrison Ford got that's, into yeah, it. Yeah, I that's interesting to actually hear because, like, you know, keep in mind, like Indiana Jones before Indiana Jones. Like, how do you sell that? It's like action man. It's exciting, but like. Where do you go with that? Like, do you, do you play into it being like a nostalgic goof? Do you like go places? But like, they found the happy medium with Harrison Ford. Like, he does both thing. so perfectly. And I, I feel, you know, part of me thinks, oh, that's the creative decision as to why there were so many actors being thrown out there. And then the, the dark part of my mind, the cynical part, is like, it's about money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, who is the cheapest on this list at the time? And um. That that makes me think. Uh, I understand why they pick Harrison Ford. You know, even though from what I've read, when he was discussing his contract for this movie, he got a lion's share of the gross. I he mean, got a good deal of money. Like he negotiated a lot. Yeah, I mean, movie. again, he's like, bro, Empire just came out. He's I think like, that's give me my money. And he was playing hardball with with Star Wars too. Like you know. He kind yeah. of didn't want to be in the third one. That's why he was the only one who didn't sign a three picture deal. You know, from what it sounds like, you know, now we're talking about Harrison Ford from what I've heard and what I've read, he was very kind of standoffish uh, with a lot of the actors, especially in this movie. Ooh, um, okay. Yeah. Like I, I remember reading about um, Karen Allen talking about how like it was, he was the hardest person to, to talk to on set making this movie and it's kind of seemed like he's always been grumpy like even I when he's agree. <laughs> I mm. kind of agree a little bit but I mean I think the genius of somebody like Steven Spielberg and I'm gonna say Steven Spielberg over George Lucas mm. um I think he recognized something in his portrayal of this character and it's a surliness that I think is really important to Indiana Jones like I think he adds that surly kind of like I don't want to be here right now attitude <laughs> um, and I can't think of another way to do it now as for Indy you know I think yeah. he's, he's always been and in this he's even more like he's kind of a nerd I mean that's kind of the character he's like always talking about history and he's more so more interested in the archaeology of whatever he's doing mm. but all that being said, especially in this one, he's kind of forced to be a grave robber. And I don't think he likes that. Like, I don't think he likes the anti-hero. It's almost like Indiana Jones is fighting against his own anti-hero-ness in a lot of these movies. Because he thinks he's, like, better. He thinks he's an archaeologist. He's saving history. Right. Um, but, yeah, in reality, when the, you know, the wheels hit the pavement, he's, he's you know, a robber. <laughs> he's a <laughs> <laughs> the gubbies show up and tell him he's got to do something, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's another whole aspect of Raiders that's, you know, slightly different than all the other movies. He's kind of put on a mission. And uh, it's something I think that he's incredibly wary of because he knows about the arc. He doesn't know about the the magical powers that are ensue, but he knows the myth about the arc. And it, it turns him off, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And, it, you know, it also adds to the fact that he was sick and injured throughout most of this movie. <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody had, like, dysentery, basically. So, Indiana Jones had dysentery. I mean, Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford. <laughs> Harrison Ford had dysentery. Not only that, though, he did most of his stunts in this movie, and he was constantly injured. Yeah. 
Like he was hurt. He, he, he apparently dislocated his arm or shoulder during the, uh, the truck scene where he was crawling under the truck. So mm. the way they did that scene is they actually, they, they welded a, a bicycle seat on the front of the truck that he could kind of sit on. But there was another scene where he had to actually, you know, crawl under the truck and go behind That's it. That's crazy. And he dislocated his arm, like going down underneath the truck. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he was concussed during the fight scene with the Nazi. I think there were some punches that weren't pulled. Um, and it, like Steven Spielberg was like, I was a fucking idiot to let him do that. <laughs> and, I mean, that, that's that like, you know, that like energetic sort of like young filmmaker where like, you know, you're like, I, I'm not saying that like Steven Spielberg was like, like a kid at the time, but I'm no. still saying that like, you know, you definitely see his enthusiasm and like, I yes. think his enthusiasm, yeah. I think Spielberg's enthusiasm is just kind of infectious on set. One million percent. And I, I feel like that enthusiasm carried over specifically to how this movie was drafted and how pre-production went. Because I, if in this film in particular, 85% of the scenes in Raiders of the Lost Ark were storyboarded before they even, even shot. So he was like pumped and he knew exactly what he was doing. He yeah. Knew what he wanted to convey visually. Everything was there. And he was you know, once you do the prep work, it's almost like the film's already done uh, at that point. And you yeah, the fun, fun. Shooting it, you know? the fun part yeah. shooting it. The fun part shooting it, exactly. Um, and you get that. It's infectious in Raiders of the Lost Ark, that, that fun aspect. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating, too, to know that producers didn't want him to make this movie. Um, That's crazy. I, originally... Um, Lucas had Lawrence Kassan. He wanted him to direct. Oh, uh, from uh, from Raider or not oh, Raiders, um... Philip Kaufman. He wanted Philip Kaufman oh. to direct. Oh. Philip Kaufman was one of the other uh, per- people that wrote the story to to Raiders. It was uh, George Lucas and Philip Kaufman that drafted the story of Raiders: The Lost Ark. And yeah, they they were both convinced that it was going to be Philip Kaufman, and he was shooting another film, and he couldn't do it. And then it was like, well, I guess I'll bring in my buddy from film school, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and oh and God, the, producers, the producers didn't want him. They didn't initially want Steven Spielberg because of how he went over schedule and over budget with all of his other movies before that. Yeah. They were really worried that he was going to balloon the budget and the scheduling was done. But all that being said, Steven Spielberg stuck to a rigid 73 day schedule for the movie did not he actually they wanted 80 days the production he's like i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give you this in 73 days um and he became in under schedule and under budget for this movie yeah i think uh, to be perfectly honest i think that's what really set him on his path of being the the director because the producers were like this fucker brought in a movie under budget under schedule it's the biggest movie of the year and like, yeah. look at it. Like, look at it. <laughs> look at this at it. fucking movie. Like, I, I, it, he did all of this under the restrictions that we gave him in less time. Like, that's what made his career. Like, the really. cinematography is on. Every, everything in this movie is just absolutely just banging at 100. Yep. Every Everything is perfected. Everything is, everything is important. There's no, there's no scene that doesn't matter. There's no, there's no interaction that doesn't matter. Everything is, this thing is tight. 
tight as a dolphin's asshole. (laughs) Jokes that didn't land in Spielberg's other movies are in this movie and work. Yeah. Like in 1941, where they tried to do like the little, like I'm folding up the thing. You think it's like a torture device. No, it's just a coat hanger. That's from that movie. Yeah. it, it, It doesn't work in that movie, but in this movie it lands like, I, I will say, too, I think the big part of all of the Indiana Jones movies, both positive and negative, the parts mm. that really drag it down are the performances. Yeah. I think there are some really, 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 really amazing performances in all of these movies, and there's some mm. bad ones, too. There's some really Are there bad. some in Raiders? No. I don't think there is okay. a bad performance in Raiders. I think everybody is fucking phenomenal. Like Belloc is great. Sala mm-hmm. is great. Uh, Marion is fucking amazing. You know, in that, in that role that she's playing, she's uh, legitimately as like adventurous and heroic as indie in a lot of ways. Like it, there's, there's so many good performances in this movie. And I yeah. really, that helps man. That helps so much in this production. Um, and it, it legitimizes some of the sillier elements of the movie, you know, good performance does that. That's what the whole point of it is. Um, but you know, with all that being said, there were a lot of things that George Lucas was adding <laughs> that Steven Spielberg was like, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the thing. Like all the stories I hear, it sounds like George Lucas would come in, tell him an awful idea. And you'd yeah, be like, dude. no, but it sounds like, like over the years, like, like Spielberg got beat down by all these terrible Indiana Jones <laughs> ideas and would just yeah. like, be like, fine, whatever. Fine. <laughs> um, I don't care. I'm going through a divorce. <laughs> but like, you know, at its heart, like, you know, this is like definitely something that's like right up Spielberg's alley being like, you know, like a Nazi revenge piece. Like, yeah, yeah. I you think know, that's it's a Jew, Jewish revenge story. And, and yeah. It's, and it's down to its its bones. That's exactly what it is. And it really it wields the uh the old testament myths as like weapons, which is really neat. Um that's something I, I don't think anybody really was doing at that time. Um and I it's still fun. That's the crazy thing right. about most of these movies. There have these extremely dark, gory, violent elements to them, but they're still so much goddamn fun and they're light in a lot movies of ways filled with like religious lore like some <laughs> of the most boring dull things that like people will literally fall asleep in like reading about but if These you have if you have a him, roller coaster yeah and like i mean yeah he could be talking about something about whatever but if there's a fun contraption in a puzzle he solves and then Exactly. Yeah, then you start good. caring. Well, I'm like, oh, yeah, who cares about the cross of Coronado? And I'm like, I do when there's a circus train. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, and I mean, he's that. These moves are like some of the basis for like your everyday video game puzzles. Dude. Yeah, oh my million percent. Uncharted wouldn't exist if we didn't have oh, yeah. Indiana Jones. There's so many not. things. I Guardians of the Galaxy went like Star Lord's character. Is, mm-hmm. is Indiana Jones. Like, there's yeah. no doubt in my mind that that's not the same. Um, so you agree, Chris Pratt should be she's blame in the remake. <laughs> well, I guess that's going to happen eventually. So well, he's already Mario, <laughs> the highest uh, grossing movie of the year. So, <laughs> well, I mean, upon watching Dial of Destiny, I'll take anybody else at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Um, 
Yeah, so there's a list. There's a few things that I want to note that George Lucas put in the script that Spielberg kind of shot down. The one that I I like the most is the uh, Tote, who is the the Nazi villain of the film, uh, the guy you know with the hanger that Steve was describing. He originally was supposed to have a mechanical arm. <laughs> Ooh, I believe that. I mean, that's pretty good, but like he's already got something like weird with him. I think that's I, I think that's what Spielberg was was trying to convey when he shot this down. He's like, I think I will just confine an actor that can portray this. Oddity. Wait, was that a Lucas this, idea? This was a Lucas idea. Yeah, dude, mechanical hand, dude. That's just Star Wars. <laughs> so you wanted a you wanted a mechanical hand. The original title of the story was uh, he was Indiana Smith. Uh that was the. Oh yeah, that sounds way better. And Spielberg's <laughs> like, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> he changed it. He's the one who gave Good. us Indiana Jones instead. Like um, Steve's very right. I think there's just stupid ideas that George Lucas vomits up, and then Spielberg's like, oh, that's fucking dumb. We could think of something better. <laughs> like, like I don't, I don't want to discount like George Lucas from like, I don't being a part of these processes, but like I do think that like. When it when it came to like, you know, even Star Wars, I think that like other people made George Lucas's like initial concepts better. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is the prequels were him getting the free patch. Oh, yeah. Well, he he talked about Indiana Jones. Lucas in particular talked about Indiana Jones as being the most flawless production he's ever done because there was no studio interference. And I feel like. Yeah, there was no studio interference, but there was interference to his ideas, and that came in the form of Steven Spielberg. Like he, mm-hmm. he's the one that took the story, the concept, and kind of shaped it into something more palatable, something yeah. that was going to click with a big audience. And I, I, you know, like I, I totally credit George Lucas for the story and the concepts. Like that's that's his arena. Mm-hmm. But to say that he didn't. People didn't interfere with his idea. That's wrong. Like I, I feel like the, the 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 classic George Lucas movies are when people interfered with his ideas, whether they be production or de- the director. Like Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is supposed to have a, a machine head. <laughs> Solo is supposed to be a lizard. Like, and then the, somebody in production is like, "You were not doing that. Like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb." Um, so yeah, like I, I feel like George Lucas needs to be tempered. I think he needs mm. to be somebody needs to be there to kind of re- rein him in a little bit because his ideas could be a little wacky. Um, Big so Kojima re- energy. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like Kojima needs a, a, an editor. He needs somebody there to tone his ass down a little bit, um, make it more palatable. Um, so originally. They made a deal with Paramount. So the whole, before even that happened, uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were vacationing in Hawaii together. Not like they went together. They accidentally went to Hawaii. They both, you know, both their girlfriends met up there and uh, they started talking and George Lucas called him. He knew he was there in, in the same area that he was staying, same resort. And uh, Spielberg thought he was writing a, a James Bond script. And Lucas is like, no, 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 I got, I got something even better than that. And then Spielberg described Indiana Jones as James Bond without the hardware. And I think that's pretty spot on. I think, um, 
I think he embodies a lot of the same, the same tone and vibe of, of James Bond, but just without, you know, the, the tech, the, the gadgets and, and things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I see. I definitely see that. Like yeah, that's American fair. James Bond without the hardware. Like, okay. Right. right. And it, it, Spielberg always wanted to direct a James Bond movie. Like that was his dream, especially mm. like early in his career. And I feel like Lucas knew that and kind of wrote something to contort to that because I don't think he was ever going to get a James Bond movie. I think that's no, there was a, there was a weird rule I think set in the time where it was like only like English directors could be in charge of. I'm fine. You know, I, that's Bond a great movies. rule. That's a great rule. I'm sorry. I, I think that's fine. I think it's a cultural thing. I, James Bond is a, is a hero of, of England. And I think it, like, like, Sherlock Holmes. I think it's mm. better if it's an English production. That's their story to tell. That makes I sense. No, I got no problem with that. That that's cultural shit. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So when they actually brought the deal, the script to Paramount, they made a deal to make five Indiana Jones movies with Paramount. Um, and I think Spielberg was like, "I'll just say whatever." to get me the money to make this because it's, really <laughs> it's a really good idea and I want to make it. And he, he locked himself in for five movies. Um, and yeah, let's see what else we got. Uh, film was originally um, The first cut of this film was three and a half hours long. Oh my goodness. And you know what Spielberg did? He had the right frame of mind. He knew what he was making. He went back into that fucking editing room and he cut it down to a hundred and 15 minutes and i think that's what should have happened with most of the other ones <laughs> man what do you think he cut i like, think that's he, crazy i think the scenes just were longer most scenes yeah. were carried over a lot longer and i think he he added a lot more uh of belloc scenes i think that was what i read and a lot more nazi the, the villains actually doing things in egypt mm. um but like, you know, somebody who and the great thing about it, like what I read about Temple Doom is that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg sat in the editing room. They watched their cut, their first cut, and they were like, too fast. This is too fast. And they have enough presence of mind to understand pacing. Like, that's so important. And you don't see that nowadays. <laughs> you do not see that nowadays. Even with movies I love. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't a heavy hand, heavy handed editing that needs to happen. I think with most movies that come out nowadays, um, and you got to know what you're making. Yeah, you got to understand what the, the the product, the end product is going to be. You know, I feel like that that gets lost too. You know, um, yeah, just like that's that level of detail, that eye to understand that it needs to be shorter huge it made i think it makes the movie what it is um yeah this is one of my favorite films it was uh it won academy awards for best art direction best film and sound editing best sound and best visual effects and took home uh five awards and it was nominated devin brought it up uh i think like 11 other categories yeah a lot of a lot of academy awards for uh i don't know what won best picture but you know you know putting on my glasses my going back in time 
this probably should have won. Like it's it's a phenomenal <laughs> movie. I don't even really have to know who the other nominees are. It's just it's so important. It's such a classic film. It is, I think, the epitome of the summer blockbuster. I think even more so than Jaws. I know. Uh, Chariots of Fire won Best Picture that year. And that's not even, like Steve said, the best part of that movie is the soundtrack. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. Atlantic City, On Golden Pond, Reds, Chariots of Fire, and Raiders. Man, I didn't even know the other few. Like, I've never heard of On Golden Pond. On Golden Pond is like old actors like Catherine Hepburn. And I think it yeah. was Peter Fonda retiring on a on a, a scenic little pond together. Like it's it doesn't come anywhere near this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't touch know. this movie. Anybody talk about Golden Pond? Yeah, Reds? right. And I, you Atlantic know, I, City. No, I, back in the day, I think uh, the Academy was way more focused on performances, like mm-hmm. good performances in films, and I feel like that weighed more in Best Picture than production and direction and writing like if the performances were both great or all great um that usually won you know um but yeah it's it's shocking to me that this nowadays that this didn't win i feel like it's such a it's such a it's it's a masterpiece of not only entertainment but of art and that's so rare it's so fucking rare um yeah just a, a phenomenal movie classic film can't I could talk about it for hours, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut it down a little bit here. Um, I'm gonna move on to Temple of Doom, uh, which is the second Indiana Jones film of five, and the most underrated of the Indiana Jones films. I think that's you know something I I like I said before about the the reviews of this movie, uh, it being too dark. You know, I, I think as a kid, maybe I I didn't like it as much as Last Crusade and Raiders. But now as an adult who really relishes and loves the darker aspects of film, I, I, I'm i shocked I didn't love this more. <laughs> this is a really, it's a great movie. I think it's great. Honestly, to me as a kid, it was my favorite one. I, you know, and, and it makes sense, I think, too, because a lot of the set pieces are great. Like the set pieces yeah. in, in this movie might be the best in any of the Indiana Jones films. They're, yeah. Oh, they're, absolutely. They're huge from the opening scene, which is like so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so different than Raiders. <laughs> it's a, it's unhinged that opening. Scene. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But like Raiders, you get like, I mean, you know, I watched the red letter media review for temple and it, there's a lot of stuff that I was, uh, you know, also parroting along like, Oh, that's exactly how I feel. Um, they described it. And I, I feel the same way. The opening scene is the opposite of the opening scene in Raiders, you know, and Raiders yeah. is this dirty, sweaty man in the middle of the jungle. who's five o'clock shadow. Who's like pushed to his limit. Somebody who looks like he's had dysentery. In the <laughs> <jungle>. <laughs> like he's, he's a mess. And he's confronted by the natives and Belloc, who Belloc kind of manipulated to get the idol. He's 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 being chased, you know. Like it, it's it's not a it's the least elegant look at Indiana Jones, and then not glamorous, not glamorous. And then the Temple of Doom, exact opposite, you know. Like 
cool white suit. He's wearing a Literally white fucking suit. Wearing James Bond's tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, dude, a white tuxedo. Um, and he's he's like stands out the most out of mm-hmm. all the characters. And that's another thing that Raiders was kind of trying to do too. They made him more like he was in the shadows. Like you don't you don't see him. And this he's out in the open. I think that little musical number in the beginning is also like very, very much in line with this film where it's like the song is then anything goes. And in this movie, basically anything does go like literally 30 seconds after that song, a man gets a a flaming shish kebab thrown into his intestines. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I mean, that scene starts off you know, crazy and then just gets nuttier and nuttier and nuttier as it goes on. The, 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 using the giant gong as a, as a shield and mm. dancing around the, the floor. Like the, there's so much the stuff. Vial, yeah. There's so much stuff that's like, I don't want to bring up dial of destiny, but there's, there's a lot that I want to compare. Um, that temple of doom scene with the, 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 the diamond sliding around the floor and then somebody knocking over ice Mm-hmm. Covering the dime. Like that shit, you you take it for granted. That is, it seems so small of an yes. idea. Yes. But in in hindsight, when you actually can look at like a different filmmaker kind of get behind um the characters and the world. Right, 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 right. It it is so interesting when you don't have that and you're yeah. like, oh, they're not even thinking small game. Yeah, I wouldn't even say interesting. I think it's just bad. It's bad. Yeah, no, like, like <laughs> you, know? you know, the idea of like a diamond falling onto the floor in a big scramble and then a bunch of ice mixing up with it. It's like that's that's like that's like adding spice to your excitement already. Exactly. Everything is is stacking like Spielberg always adds a new element to, to the scene every every couple seconds. Like there's another another obstacle that has to be overcome in in these scenes and it the fact that like indy always overcomes it but kind of does it in an awkward goofy way that's like the the soul of the movies Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. in that one little scene you know it's that's indiana jones man we're introduced to all the players in this not all the players but we're introduced to all the protagonists in this movie in this scene um Within the first like five minutes, ten minutes yeah. of the movie, you know who all the, the main good guys are. You know, like, again, to compare it to Dial of Destiny, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. a movie that spent like forty-five minutes, basically, with feels like it, sure like did. trying to do the same thing with its intro. It's like and this it's, movie just like bangs out its intro, and its intro is integral to the rest of the movie. I'm not just in plot, but like in character. In, in, in setting everything that intro is building up to what the movie is going to be. And it is almost like a microcosm of the whole movie. Yeah. It's an, it's an important scene. Whereas with, you know, dial destiny, it's just a scene in a movie in, in an Indiana Jones movie. It has no weight. Like, of course it has weight for the plot, but like, we're being introduced character characters like later in the first act. And it's not really setting anything up like character wise in the rest of the movie that you would want it to, which is the whole point of an opening scene. You know, it's like there's fundamental, I think problems, filmmaking issues that Spielberg never, never had 
he 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 has like you were saying, Steve, a visual language. He understands mm-hmm. it, and it's instinctual almost to what is supposed to be in a movie, how a movie's supposed to progress, how it's supposed to be paced. Like these things are so important. Um, but yeah, Temple of Doom. Um, it's uh, has a seventy seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of eighty two percent. I think that is I mean I, I I mean it's proven even at this point where it's like that was culture that was culture shock it, it was shock for people to think that they're going to see a new Indiana Jones movie and they have an idea kind of of what's in their head mm-hmm. and you know it kind of um it kind of like you said it's it's a very dark movie it, yeah, it isn't like that like we're gonna bang a big drum and like celebrate this movie in like a marching band sort of way this is like a movie where it's like we're gonna show like children being slapped we're gonna show i mean this is a very culturally insensitive movie when you yeah, look back dude. at it of course, of course. um but I, I think most of them are <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But like when you, when you look beyond that, like for like the actual like craft and um, effort that went into the movie, like there is so much, so much more like in it's like, again, the cinematic language, I always talk about that. um, Like Spielberg just has that innately, like other directors wish they had that. And like, even in this movie that is like so dark, people's hearts are being ripped out there is so many fun, lighthearted, little silly moments that like, you're just like, ha ha. I love that. Like, I don't know. Like it's a good balance. Still. One of, one of my favorite scenes, it's such a small little scene, you know, watching it now, um, was between Indiana Jones and short round and they're playing poker um, Mm. in a fire and short rounds like, you're fucking, you're cheating. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they're like arguing, like Indiana Jones talk to him, talks to him like an adult, which is really funny. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, like, you know? like this is a prequel to Raiders, but like that's a dichotomy that I I always wish I had again in yeah. an Indiana Jones movie. Uh, and I know like they're always trying new stuff with the, these movies, but like the the balance of short round in Indiana Jones, like I don't know, he was just a child actor, yeah. like and like. They just had such good chemistry. You so, know, and, and that scene that I talked about, that was the auditioning scene for... for oh, K- yeah? Yeah, for, for Quan. What's his name? K-Quan? K-Quan? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that was the scene that got him the job. You know, Apparently, his brother went in for the audition. Yes. And they grabbed him. A real Thor situation. Real awkward. <laughs> That's what happened to Liam Hemsworth, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, that. apparently he went in like to hang out with his brother while he auditioned for Thor, and they're like, you want to take a shot at it? And he's like, sure. And, you know, hmm. now we have Thor. The rest is history. Um, yeah, I, I think they nailed the casting for Short Round. I think he's he's really good in this movie. I, mm-hmm. I and And, you know, a lot of people shit on a very particular performance in this film. And Kate Capshaw as Willie. Willie. I don't hate it as much Man. as I used All right. to. I don't. She, she, I, when like, I saw it last, it was kind of like, it reinforced it, actually, for me. I was like, oh yeah, she's really well, fabulous. Well, here's, here's the thing. I, I guess I like the character maybe more than the actor, actress. Like, I like Willie because Willie is the opposite of Marion. Yes. 
you're you're 100 right where marion is like the scorn lover right. who is like playing drinking games in a bar like against like these big thugs in nepal uh willie is literally just like a, a singer like a fancy sing singer and uh, like you know one that worries about dresses and jewelry and, and like they like use that. that they use that for the tension in this one it's yeah. not like a thing where it's like oh okay like you know uh she's is scared of everything haha ha. it's like oh she's scared of everything but there's a there's points in the movie where like they need her to like overpass these things that have been like tormenting her to like save their lives like i think it's also very fascinating that she hates him so much okay. <laughs> and i hate you i, <laughs> I love that reading i, I love know, that man, reading. that's a really good reading like <laughs> i like that dynamic like like even at the end of the movie they're kind of like man you know, they don't really like each other too much like the, of course he whips her and like they kiss but like it's not great you know like the relationship yeah. is 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 Love hate. I mean, it's tumultuous. The scene, the scene where he's Ford's, eating the apple. I love that. Oh, that's such a great scene. That, Harrison but, Ford's kind of a goof in this. Like, like not is. in a bad way, but like that scene where he's like, we are going to die. And then he makes the weirdest face. I love that face. Yeah, and it's like, well, what is going on here? Here's, here's a little inside baseball, too. Like, Spielberg and Lucas, and I, you know, Steve. Constantly and, on fentanyl. Well, no, they, they were in a pretty bad position in their personal lives at the time like they were both i mean spielberg was on his way to a divorce george lucas was dealing with a divorce like they were in a dark spot and i think spielberg in particular was sort of like ah, fuck it you know like, <laughs> <laughs> just do whatever the fuck i want let's make this movie fun um and it comes across in a lot of scenes like that yeah probably the the, the scene that takes you out the most is them jumping out of a plane in an inflatable boat and then yeah. falling off another cliff. Like, it's so stupid. And it's like, that's un- completely unbelievable. Yeah. Is there, um, is there any reason why, um, it's, this is a prequel? I like, think because I can't imagine they were just like, how do we solve the marrying problem? It's like, just have a new love interest. The original I, script had George Lucas introducing uh, Ravenwood, the guy who is dead oh. in Raiders, who is the okay. father of Marion. Um, and they wanted to basically have a whole story where he goes on like a mission with him. So I think what happened was after a whole bunch of drafts, they just kept it as a prequel. Spielberg yeah, because like, like there's no like, narrative. There's exactly. yeah, because exactly. there's like literally no narrative reason why it's a prequel. I mean, I want to tell you this: them even getting to India is like the dumbest narrative bullshit you could ever think of. Like they're on a plane, they jump out, and they just land. They're just of India. in another movie, like <laughs> in another movie. <laughs> like, okay, really cool. Stupid. We landed in this weird death cult movie. Okay. <laughs> right. And that kind of like that adds to the fun too, right? Yeah, because it's so off the wall and crazy. Like and... it's it's fun and it's just willing to just go. Yeah, yeah, it's willing to just go and go hard and commit, mm-hmm. and re- regardless of its silliness. And you know, like even the exposition scenes where like India, I- India, Indy was describing like. <laughs> that little piece of cloth that he got from one of the children that wandered back to the village. 
and he's describing like what it means and what Kali is like the whole time. Willie's just getting like eaten by an elephant. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "Get the fuck away from me!" Like you don't even hear what he's saying. She's just like screaming, she's just freaking out, and there's like bats and like yeah. And basically, Steven Spielberg is that elephant in this movie. Yeah, you're right. You know, and like, like yeah. this is this is the movie where they met Kate Jeff Shaw and Steven Spielberg. Right, and uh, uh, I saw a nice little behind the scenes scene of it's cute it's uh, cute yeah like she was talking about how she's like i don't want to do the bugs she's like (laughs) screaming at him and then spielberg walks up to her and she's like you're doing the bugs she's like it's like it's like it's either the bugs (laughs) or the snakes i'll do the bugs yeah i'll do the bugs (laughs) like i I like it because it's just like you know it looks like even though like i know this is was a tumultuous shoot uh harrison ford hurt his back and so like 85 percent of this movie is with like his doubles yeah, yeah, that's a big part of this too, because he did a lot of his stunts, like I said, on Raiders. Mm-hmm. And this one was his back, you know, to right. the audience on this movie. Also, almost entirely shot on sound stages too. Like mm. it, it was really the cinematographer and the gaffer kind trying to cover up the sound stages with like really weird lighting. Like there's a whole scene that's just red. The no pit, like <laughs> the temple pit scene where like, you know, where they do the heart rip out yeah. like moment, like that set is so good. It's so cool. Isn't it? Like, that's probably one of my favorite sets in Indiana Jones movie. Mm. Um, yeah. This movie has so many good sets, like so many cool locations and I, and the bridge scene in particular. Like, oh, the bridge scene, man. It's so fucking cool. Like I, everything about that scene is what you want from a, an action adventure movie. Mm. Um, it's building tension the whole time. And it's that great little Hitchcockian thing where, you know, Indiana Jones speaks uh, Chinese to short round you mm. know, about like King Lahi. And he, he's wrapping his arm around the, the rope on the bridge. Like, you know, what's going to happen. I love that where it's like, <laughs> is he nuts? He's not nuts. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Prepare to meet Kali in hell. That scene fucking rocks, man. Rules, dude. Oh, by the way, this is the movie where Indiana Jones kills the most people. Oh, good lord, the body count on this man. He is Nathan Draken it up. (laughs) He is Nathan Draken it up. Also, also, I think this is some of John Williams' best work. Uh, easily. And it, you know, the crazy thing about it is it's it's such a light, fun score to such a really dark you know, uh, scary movie. The, the scene where uh, I think it's after Indiana Jones is like possessed and like, you know, kind of like mind washed, like the scene where he like snaps out of that and like the child's like being whipped. And then yeah, just like, dude. you just see him come out of the cave and just like punch this guy, like <laughs> one punch man. Like, and then, like, the, the the song I think is like Slave Children's Crusade or something. It's a banger, dude. Like it's just like that's so good. It's so good. Yeah, I I I think um, the scene that resonated the most towards the end, and it, you know, I, I, I the one thing I kept thinking of when they're in the mine carts, it's the the thing that I just my mind would not stop and then there's so many minecart movie scenes mm-hmm. the thing Fox i come country the thing i kept thinking of was resident evil 4 yes like that's uh, to me like i think the greatest 
reference to Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. the minecart scene. Like that whole sequence of Resident Evil 4 is lifted right from. Dude, can we bring I know like it's they're still pretty prevalent in video games, but like can we bring back minecarts in movies? Yeah, dude. That's I agree. Come on, man. I agree. <laughs> like Temple of Doom made minecarts like they were like, oh, these are just essentially just like roller coasters. Basically, right? So I like mean, let's do it. Like I think I think that action sequence is it's just it is the cherry on top of how silly the rest of the movie is too and it's and you're already po- at that point where you're watching and you're like fuck it yeah i'm in baby whatever uh-huh. you got let's do it <laughs> and you know you got that short round little little miniature being stri- you know stretched yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness, track. and you're totally bought in like you don't care it's a miniature you're like fuck it this is like that's the cool. thing it's like when you're watching these like you're willing to like just like escape but like yeah. then once they start introducing like kind of like the cgi elements and it gets into that uncanny valley where like my brain's like having a hard time comprehending like what it is yep, yep that's yep. where it starts like kind of like distracting which is like kind of silly where you think like the models and like the miniatures would be more distracting but it's not yeah no not at all and i, I think that suspension of disbelief is is just it's just spoon fed to you in this mm-hmm. movie like it's just by by the most expert storyteller of his time for these types of movies like i, I it, it, you, you're just so bought in yep. by that point it doesn't matter and i it, it, cgi is just one of those things especially in dial that just pulls you out so fast and that is the cardinal sin of escapism <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's the worst thing you could possibly do um yeah, a fascinating movie. Um, so again, a little bit more of the technical details. This is made in 1984. It's a runtime of 118 minutes. Nice and tight, baby. Um, but it had a budget of $28.2 million, made $331 million at the box office. It was the highest grossing film of 1984. Um, of course, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by uh, Willard Huyek and <laughs> Gloria Katz. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, they worked on, aren't they tied to some of the newer ones too? No, actually, they stopped writing these Ooh, movies. After I know them. those names, I just don't know what they did. You know, it might be something else. I just, I, I don't yeah, recall. I don't, I don't ring any bells to me, but they don't know. Uh, won Academy Awards for both original score and visual effects. It was shot during the Yeah, we talked about that. Now, this is interesting. Sharon Stone was up for the role of Willie. She read for it. She was ready to go and pull the trigger, but hmm. something happened. And I think that would have been amazing. That's <laughs> it would have been a better performance. I I, I, I agree. I mean, Sharon Stone is fucking great. And uh, I, I just, you know, going into it, I'm not as, again, it's one of those things where you're like easy to let things go in this movie. Yeah, because of how well it's paced, how fun it is. You're just like, ah, fuck it. I don't care if she's screaming. Gives a shit. <laughs> um, so Kazadin, who was going to write this and possibly direct it, because Steven Spielberg was like on the fence. Uh, he said Lawrence Kasdan, right? Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. Uh, he said that he wouldn't do it. He didn't want anything to do with it. He thought it was too dark and mean spirited. I'm sorry, the guy. The, the guy. The guy who did the Empire, Empire Strikes Back? 
dude. He's like, to be fair, there's no child child being beaten. I think that was the big part. I think that was the big part of it. (laughs) They cut that scene out. They cut it out. It's just Luke Skywalker punching the Yoda puppet for an hour. So the the original uh, the beginning scene, the action scene in the beginning was this is George Lucas's idea. It was supposed to be a motorcycle chase on the Great Wall of China. Wait, that was. Spielberg's idea? Or no, wait, that was sorry, Lucas's, idea? Lucas. Lucas said he wanted a. Mm, yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a way better call, and that definitely leans more into like the James Bond thing. That. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, and I also think, well, logistics of shooting something like that is fucking nuts. Like, I, I don't, I don't see that happening in real life ever. I just, I. I don't think the China would want anything to do with that. No. <laughs> also, also, this this is like you know the scene in the beginning where it's like he's making he's making deals for like, um, he's he's making deals like with like stuff like uh like uh ancient antiquities. Yeah, he's actually I think he's talking to like a member like a high member of the triads. You know, like they're they're yeah. bang, you know, and they're like they want some jade idol that he. Has. This is definitely like uh like getting to see early Indiana Jones and like where he ends up where it's like this Indiana Jones doesn't feel like it belongs in a museum, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And you know, I think that's where I think the prequel idea wasn't as, as tossed away as, as you think. Like, I think they actually did focus on him being a different character than what he was in Raiders. Like, and he learns and he he learns. learns. Yeah. And and another reason was that he's like, we just didn't want to do Nazis again, which I do feel is a little light. It's like, you did, you don't have to do Nazis, but well, I, I found out that thuggies who were the villains in this, they're the evil cult that actually, well, it wasn't a cult, but like, like I was going to bring up in India, there was a group of people called the thuggies and they were like bandits. They were like ninjas. And they used this dark form of the religion as sort of like a scare tactic. Mm-hmm. People, you know, scared of them. Make them Dude, I mean, them. not for nothing, but as a child, I was like, I thought that's what would happen to me if I went to India. Dude, after watching Mol- Temple of Dune, I was like, fuck that place. Molaram well, De- ripping a heart out, man. Oh, my goodness. Devin, do you know who agreed with you, Devin? Uh, America, the country, the country of India, who refused <laughs> to let them shoot there because yeah. they read that and they were like, "We don't want people to think this is what happens when you yeah. go to India." <laughs> but this is it's, a it's scary, offensive. It's extremely offensive. Spielberg's like, "Whatever." <laughs> Basically, um, it was shot in Sri Lanka, which was you know not India. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> they they definitely dealt with that. Um, also, the original idea of this film the, the 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 first half of it was going to take place and whenever i bring up what was supposed to happen i want you to understand this is george lucas mm. yeah the original setting was supposed to be a haunted house in scotland <laughs> oh man so stupid and then, <laughs> and then he, he had the gall to say i want indiana jones's sidekick to be a virginal princess i said oh my god like you fucking idiot. I think uh, like like I I mean whatever right, but it's just like some of the stuff. It's ridiculous. Out of his mouth. You think like Spielberg's like, dude? Why am I friends with you? Like, how? <laughs> I, think, I think so. Fair Hold on, can I, can I throw? Can I throw something your way? 
Yeah. What if ahead. George Lucas had just seen Castle Cagliostro? Well, <laughs> even then, he's like, I just love ripping off stuff. I th- I think that's it. I think he wanted to rip off Hidden Fortress by uh, Kurosawa. <laughs> he, are, he already did. He already fucking did. <laughs> he already ripped off Kurosawa enough. I mean, I, Lucas basically said his influence for Indiana Jones was actors, not characters. It was Clint right. Eastwood and Toshiro Mifune. Mm. Those were those were the two. And I could, you know, watching you at Jimbo, I'm like, oh, this is fucking Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's Indy, baby. That's why I love them so much, I think. That's why you click with me. Um, There's definitely a charisma that only the few actors yeah, radiate. Yeah. Yeah, Harrison Ford, right. Mifune. Yeah, and and they're kind of cut from the same cloth too. Definitely, you know, like performance. I think Mifune is a better actor overall, but I think mm. very much type same type of people. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So denied shooting in India. They shot in Sri Lanka. Um, original idea. We talk about that. Yeah. So that's basically everything about Temple of Doom. Um, Again, very, very underrated movie. And I, I feel very bad that for the longest time, this was seen as the bad one. Oh, dude, that's the great thing about Indiana Jones movies. They make new ones that make you like the old <laughs> one more. <laughs> yeah. <It's> just, <laughs> that make Temple of Doom look so much better. That's, I, if anything, you know, that's, that's the best. That's the positive, yeah. <laughs> that's the takeaway. Um, so let's move on. Let's move on to the Galani House family classic, mm. The Last Crusade. This one I didn't see for ever i had saw really? the first two i saw two a billion times ended up seeing one the first time i saw three steve it was your house we watched all three really in a row yeah wow oh wow yeah this, this what, is just as good in my opinion i was as, shocked by how good this was this is really vying was. this is vying for the most watched next to temple like mm. i think this one i've seen because like yeah it was always on my father loves this movie I do too. I think this is a phenomenal movie. Um, I, I think a lot of the criticisms come from it being another sequel, but I mean, it's such an easy criticism to make. Like I get that. Like we're back to the Nazis. I get that. Like, I get, I in, the, in that vein. But what makes so this well movie put so together, unique man. is they, they take Indiana Jones, who we had just seen as like the gruff, like being able to handle himself in any situation. And they're like, let's pair him with his father, who's like a pacifist and is like never like never impressed with him. Never impressed (laughs) by anything Indiana Jones does. I know. It's so so good. They have such a good chemistry. I think that's I, I I really think the crux of this movie is the performances. I think Harrison Ford and Sean Connery are fucking phenomenal in this movie. They are funny. And entertaining and adventurous, and there's a lot of action that they both do. It's great. <gasps> I'm sorry to keep harping on George Lucas, but I think I heard that <laughs> George Lucas originally didn't want Sean Connery as Indiana Jones' nope. father. He wanted Gregory Peck. That's ridiculous. He wanted Gregory Peck. He did actually. I didn't, I think in the first draft, it wasn't even. He was with his father. It was um, the the original title of Lucas's third Indiana Jones movie was Indiana Jones and the Monkey King. <laughs> oh my goodness, Steve. Luke, 
Lucas wanted a haunted house film, but Spielberg nixed that idea for being too close to Poltergeist and the original title. And it was also supposed to be about the Fountain of Youth in Africa. Okay. And I mean, that was the original take. I mean, there's like shades of that with the Holy Grail, I guess, but also of course, like, of course. I don't know, man. <laughs> what? How are you yeah. so far from the mark? George? <laughs> I don't get it. I'm not trying to be mean. I appreciate what you've done. Yeah, all, to, all, all of these stories are just like he. You know, he's like the. Oh Do you my think god! He realizes Why, he's the Bob Kane of this of this character. <laughs> you know, he's Spielberg's the Bill Finger for I sure. I like to think that you bring him into a room to throw out as many bad ideas as possible, so your own mind thinks of a better idea. You work around his ideas. <laughs> yes. See biscuits like, on the dude. He's like he's I the need opposite you to- of. He's the opposite of a muse. Like he's yes, he, he <laughs> really bad ideas, and you're like, I can do something better than that. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, <laughs> like the bones are kind of there. I could kind of work with these bones here. All right. I do appreciate how like readily apparent with this information they they all are too. Yeah, where it's yeah. like if you interview Spielberg, he'll be like, "Ah, George came at me with this terrible idea." <laughs> <laughs> no, there's so much like actual, like factual information where he's like, "I hate this guy." He's like once weird. you become Steven Spielberg, you don't have to worry like kissing up to anybody. I guess that's yeah, it. that has to be it, right? And you know, Ford was the same way. Harrison Ford shot down Lucas's ideas all the time. Like they would sit in a room together, and Lucas Ford. And Spielberg, and they would just bounce ideas off one another, and it was, just seemed like Lucas was like, "Nah, nah, we're not doing that." Like Ford, Ford strikes me as the guy that just got—he would just get worn down by Lucas's ideas. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. Sure. I'm blind. Word. I'm blind in half the movie. Sure, fucking stupid. I mean, he's the one who came up with the "I love you, I know" line, and you know, yeah. George Lucas originally was like, "Well, why don't you say something sweet, Harrison?" And he's like, "No, kid, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it." <laughs> Like I would, but I I don't sock you in the nuts, you little nerd. <laughs> I hate yeah. sand. Like no, get out of here. Um, but yeah, like this movie is like, ah, oh, it's so fun. Like yeah, it start like right out the gate, like with young Indiana Jones and like you know steal like on a Boy Scout adventure, stealing the cross of Coronado, running yeah. across the the train. With the circus animals and stuff. I'm going to bring it down a little bit. And, and yeah. Bring up some sad Oh, shit. yeah. Yeah, um, that's fair. So <laughs> both Spielberg, Lucas, and Ford, all three of them were like, we're going to stop making these and River Phoenix is going to take the, the role. He's going to take remember, it. I remember, yeah. And Roman, mm. Harrison Ford was like, he's what I look like as a kid. Like, there's there's no... It's exactly they had just worked like. together in a movie... Trying to remember what movie. Yes, yes, it was a movie. There was a film before that he worked, and he Harrison Ford suggested him for the role. I mean, it, he's phenomenal. He's so good as young Indiana Jones. Um, yeah, it, it's really sad because, like, what could have been? I think River Phoenix would have took the torch and just ran with it, man. Like, mm. it would have been great. <laughs> it was Mosquito Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the movie. It's yeah, it's really sad. That's really it's a sad. tragedy, especially for a series that I love so much. Like to have another actor just compare to Ford and charisma, right? That's that's one of a lifetime, man. And like you, you can definitely feel it in that intro sequence. Yeah, one hundred percent. 
like his his uh, uh characteristics and and generally like his movements it just it reminds you so much of Harrison Ford mm. um and yeah he's he's always was good like River Phoenix was always a good actor too which is crazy um really sad od man real real sad story um yeah so uh Connery was approached this was after the whole hubbub with Lucas and he turned it down initially because he didn't want to be involved in another series of movies mm. like like bond and uh i think a lot of what his decision to come on board was because of harrison ford i think they had like a good chemistry like in real life i think connery was confused because he was only 12 years older than ford yeah <laughs> and he's like it, it goes to show you like what time period like how people age from that time period. And it's like, yeah. I've noticed this when I was talking to my friends, like somebody out there was like, I, I can't believe how good everybody looks. You know, we, were, we met up at a, like a show for our friends and we were like, I can't believe how everybody looks. We look so great. And I was like, well, you know, back in the seventies, people just did not take care of themselves. And they looked yeah, like they were awful. Smoked. And like, we're, we're, we eat well, we don't do as much drugs. Like it was like, <laughs> look better. Uh, aged, you know, we age better. Um, Harrison Ford, though, I gotta say, he has aged better than I thought. Like, in general, like, he, like, we brought this up um, while talking about Dial before the podcast started. Like, he, he takes care of himself. He looks better than most, than uh, most 80 year olds, you know? Um, <laughs> which is a crazy thing to say about an action hero, but it's just a whole other thing. Um, this movie was shot in Italy, Germany, West Germany, Jordan, UK, and the USA. I think it was the most locations in any Indiana Jones film, most separate countries shot. Okay. Um, oh, and Spain. Um, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Jeffrey Bone. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, has a Rotten Tomato score of 84%, an audience score of 94%. All right, here's the big one here. Uh, Budget forty eight million, box office four hundred and seventy four million dollars. Oof! In in nineteen eighty nine money. Oh my god! Uh, Runtime one hundred and twenty eight minutes. You know, okay, in and out, longer, dude. But you're in and out, baby. Two two yeah. two hours eight. You're in and out. Um, yeah, it's crazy how like sorry, but it's just uh-huh. crazy how like. They didn't, I mean, it's the third one at the time, you know, pretty much movies were like three now, but it's like, that franchise was still strong, man. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. The one thing I've noticed about all of these movies, they are always in the top grossing films of that year, whatever year they yeah. go out. Like they, it's a it's a, a really beautiful little niche audience demographic. And I think people just realize that these are so well made. Like mm-hmm. a, a well-made action movie is a piece of art, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. action scenes and set pieces are just as complicated as writing character development or plotting a movie. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of of uh, realizing things, which is really hard to do. You know, from page to screen. Um, so I, I, I definitely, when somebody's really making action scenes that are this important and substantial. It, it's a work of art. There's no no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, Spielberg had to drop out of both Rain Man and Big to make this movie. Oh. 
probably still worth it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, Rain Man kind of hurts, but what do you get? Rain Man won a, a boatload of Academy Awards. So I think that's, you know, Spielberg got a few already, I think. Yeah. Who, who directed no, Rain Man at the end of the day? Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I really. He's a famous director. I know that much. Ron Howard? Am I crazy? Uh, it no, was. No, not Ron Howard. Batman. Barry Levinson. Barry Levinson. Okay. Yeah. Big, big pretty big actor. <laughs> pretty big director of that time. Uh, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, one of the main reasons that Spielberg didn't want this to take place in Africa, which was, which is because he uh, finished directing The Color Purple before this movie, and he didn't want to show the depiction of Africa that usual Indiana Jones movies do. He's very much against that. He, uh, I think these, this is when he said he wasn't an important enough director to make a movie about Africa in this setting. And, uh, you know, I really it's respect- kind of a based. It is based very to take. It's very respectful, very woke uh, in a good way. You know, obviously these movies really do a number on uh, certain, certain people's <laughs> certain cultures. And he realized that that was a problem. Um, but yeah, I, I feel, you know, all, all that said and done about this movie, highest grossing movie in 1989, all, all the stuff that came for it. And I know it's a sequel, but probably I would say this is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. All being said, I, I Ooh, think, I think okay. Raiders is a better made movie. I think it's probably the best made movie of the three, but I just, Everything I mean, about hard, Lester State. Everything about yeah. Lester State is is great. Like the 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 trials at the very end, the relationship between Sean Connery and Harrison Ford. Uh, the set pieces are wonderful. Uh, the tank scene is incredible. Oh, that tank scene! It's so good. Um, it's just it's so fun, and it's it's the funniest Indiana Jones movie. You know, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of good banter. Like there's a, that great scene where it's like, this is how we say goodbye in Austria. And he kisses, you know, Harrison Ford on the lips, the, the girl. And then the guy's like, this is how we say goodbye in Germany. And he punches <laughs> him in the head. Like, yeah, it's cute stuff. Oh, apparently the line where Sean Connery says she talks in her sleep ad libbed. Oh my goodness! Ad libbed on set. That's they how you know. that whole like just like that whole dichotomy just yeah, randomly. Dude. Oh my goodness! And then you know, like he he said that line and he got everybody to laugh on set. But it's such it's a fucking great line, man. Mm. It's a fucking bomber last line, and uh, it it created like this cute little drama, little love triangle. Shit. I was the last guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last crusade. Um, yeah, just. Everything about this movie get, it makes me excited, and I was happy to watch it again, even though I've seen it so many times. Um, really love it. Has a good message too, where yeah, like yeah, you know, better. just like him being like, "Let it go, Indiana," and like that's the thing. Like, this was a very good end point for this series. Oh my god, it is, it is the end Them point. Of this ri- you're right. You're right. Them <laughs> riding off into the sunset. Nah, I think we need two more. <laughs> Steel, Steven Spielberg letting go of his holy grail. Yeah, dude. Yep. I think I think it's kind of lovely too that the the one person that he couldn't impress 
is the one person that knows Indy enough to tell him to just walk away, man. It's, there's right. better things in life. The one thing he wanted his dad to do, he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a great character moment. And it's really heartfelt. Like it's, 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 I wouldn't necessarily describe the other films as heartfelt. I think this movie is. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm, you know, usually don't like those as much, but just the, the chemistry between the two leads is just, it's undeniable. It's great. Um, and yeah, just a lovely way to cap off a series, really. Also has a very funny uh, joke where uh, he bumps into Hitler. Oh my God. And yeah. you're like, oh, this is it. This is it for Indy. And then Hitler's like, yeah, Hitler doesn't know who the hell Indiana Jones is. And he just signs the book. He signs the journal that he's looking for. That makes me laugh so much. I love that little gag. That that whole sequence is lovely. And it's just, it's, it's really well done too. Like mm-hmm. directing wise, this is a cool scene where they're burning books and shit. They got this huge like orchestra playing, but I'm but I'm but I'm playing the German national anthem. You feel the tension, and like when when like you see like oh my god, like, and you bring Elsa back too, and you make her like say like I I you know I didn't want to do this. I'm sorry, you know like all I have to do is what is he? All I have to do is squeeze. All I have to do is scream. scream. (laughs) That's a cool (laughs) line, man. Cool fucking line. That's a great movie. Brody and Brody. He speaks 10 different languages. He has friends in every major country. He's already there. He has a two-day head start. You'll never find him. And then it cuts to him and he's like, does anybody here speak English? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and the Salah scene where he's like, Mm. oh, it's good to see you run. He's like, he's like, I'm sorry. What were you saying? He's like, Oh, I have your bags here rotten. <laughs> Shit is solid, man. Oh my goodness. Great scene. Great, great movie. Um, oh, good lord. Well, hold on. So, so let's let's take a little MFK break. Okay. Mm. Okay. This is MFK easy for me. This is easy. Three, yeah. This is easy. This is uh, Last Crusade, Mary, uh, Rage of the Lost Ark, Fuck, and Kill Temple of Doom. That's okay. that, probably the easiest MFK I've ever had to do. Okay. Um, it's uh, not to say that I, I don't think all three of these movies are great. I just. Yeah. I know if, you where had my, to, if you had to marry, fuck and kill. I know where my heart is. All right. In this scenario. I know exactly where it stands. All right. Um, now I'm going to add two new uh, never before seen uh, letters to MFK. Um, B and um, the S. Uh, which is going to be uh, burn <laughs> and strangle. Okay. Okay. I got to figure out what's worse. <laughs> I think burn. I think strangles worse because it's strangles like, more intimate. Yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. Like burning might be more hateful though. Oh man. I don't know. Oh. It's brutal. dude. Burning means I want to get rid of it. I never want to see it again. Yeah. Strangle is I want to look into its eyes while I kill it. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and like strangle implies that like, you're right. There's a passionate element and it implies that I wanted something more. Maybe like, (laughs) there's like you didn't live up to what I thought you should have. And I'm disappointed. Whereas burning is like, I don't want this to exist anymore. 
All right. So keep these in mind. Okay. Keep okay. those two in mind. Okay. okay. Uh, and let's just continue down, you know, the, the chronological order of these movies being released. Uh, so next we are heading into, I believe Kingdom of the crystal Kingdom. skull. And guys, guys, right out the gate, like even the naming convention for this one never felt right. Nope, 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 nope. Is this like uh, as much as I don't like the next one on the list? I think this one is the odd duck out too. I really do. Like I think this is almost the least like an Indiana Jones movie. This is the one where George won. <laughs> Is this the one where George won? <laughs> he said, George, whatever, I think, dude. I don't care. This is the one where George won for half the movie. Yeah. For about half the movie. I think um, the first act, maybe leading into the second act, it actually feels like an, a cool little Spielberg romp. It feels pretty generic. Doesn't have the same chemistry of the leads in Last Crusade. Doesn't have the wackiness of Temple of Doom. Certainly doesn't have the the caliber of filmmaking and storytelling of Raiders, but like that first half, it just feels right. Yeah. And it feels like it's what it's supposed to be. I know there was a lot of pushback. There was from, you know, the, 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 what is it? Not jump the fridge, nuke the fridge, nuke Um, the fridge, nuke the fridge. But like, you know, there's stupid, but I guess like, it's not the most out of place thing ever. It exactly. became an easy. It, was, it became thing. an easy thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, it's what I hate about movie criticism is because they'll focus on the wrong thing a lot of times, the wrong problem in the movie. Yeah, harp on it. Like, I don't think that's what's wrong with King of the Crystal Skull. I don't. One stupid action scene. Shit, I would hate Temple of Doom if that was the case. I, I would right. hate. Uh, Come on, some, really. As, jumped out of a plane on this one with a, with <laughs> I a think that, that action scene is far sillier I really do mm. like I think this one is is on part it is one of the most silly and one of the most unrealistic but like that's that's Indiana Jones and I'm able to kind of look past those scenes it's the problem yeah. when, it, when it becomes not fun like I, I think that's the issue really like the I, I think a portion is fun yeah the, that first half that 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 opening set piece in the, in the library where they're running driving around on motorcycles and shit mm. that's classic indiana jones that is you the know? last time steven spielberg's directing felt like steven spielberg to me yeah yeah i think uh i think he's gotten a little like he's cut a lot more corners uh, recently I yeah think like and there are some movies I think he likes and, and doesn't like to make. <laughs> oh, agreed. Like, I I think definitely, like, you know, he has more of an interest in, like, a little more, a little more intimate stuff in his, in his older days. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. But, like, you know, everybody, everybody kind of misses that, like, big blockbuster bombastic kind of just, like, we're having fun, but we're also telling stories, you know, in a, a fun, interesting way, Spielberg. I think, I think a lot of criticism went to his head. I think, uh, because, you know, he made Schindler's list and I think that's kind of the point in his career where he was like, do I want to keep making these big kind of wacky action movies or do I want to make something more intimate? And, you know, Schindler's list is a masterpiece, but like, I kind of hate what it did to him. 
you know? He made that the same year as Jurassic Park. Dude. I know. It's just yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. But they were both like, oh, this is amazing. And you're like, okay. But then, you know, he did Jurassic Park 2 and then 3 and then yeah, or a... he did 2 at least. Um, yeah. And then there are other movies. But then, you know, he tries for a Munich. He tries for, well, I guess he kind of picked up AI, right? That was kind of. Well, that's like, actually All right. <laughs> yeah. in this film, he wanted to make something a little lighter because his last three movies before this were really dark in tone. Yeah. Like Munich being one of them. Um, and I think that's why he had the urge to go back to Indiana Jones, because like, I think there was a portion of his career. Where he's like, I, I'm better than this. You know, like, that's what he would say. And it's sad. That's kind of sad, you know? Yeah. Like he's, he, he's at this point, he is a very different man. He's a grandfather making yeah. this movie. Yeah. Um, he owns his own production company. Like he's yeah. producing more movies than he's directing. Like he's gone into the, he's more part of the system of Hollywood now. I, uh, I do appreciate though that he, like this was definitely like him just kind of being like, I want to make a movie with all my friends again. Like yeah. that's kind of like, where I think like my best friend in my Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> no, I just mean in the sense where he's like, we're gonna get George Lucas, we're gonna get uh, Harrison yeah. Ford. Heck, we're gonna bring Marion back. Like, yeah, you know, just kind of just like he's he, he was he was yearning. Spielberg yearns for the times where he was, uh, uh, you know, a younger man making making uh, movies that people hadn't seen before. But all that being said, I do do think this isn't a good movie <laughs> it's not no it's no not. no I, the vine scene is as bad as advertised right yeah, like that's it's, it's a bad. really stupid scene it's bad. um and shia labeouf actually I, I was kind of right but he's okay like, yeah he's like in, in the beginning of the movie he's fine like that whole scene in the diner with the that's, green my, mother, that's my mother you're talking about and stuff yeah, like that, dude, so. i like that i like how he's he's a little prickly and shit like the back and forth between them yeah. yeah, that all works. That works fine. Um, yeah, and he's not like offensively bad. I think, you know, some of the worst performances, probably the worst is, is uh, Capshaw in Temple. But like, I would never put him in, in that level, you know? No. Yeah. No. I, I, I think that was the thing with like, um, what the heck is his name? But Arthur. Not Shia. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, I think... Before you go and see a Shia movie, you're always like, oh, God, Shia LaBeouf. And then you see it and you're like, you know, he wasn't that bad, actually. Well, he was yeah. kind of like, he was kind of like, I don't know where he was at the phase of his like weirdness, but I think he was like entering it. Yeah. Here. Yeah. It was I think he was like around Transformers, like still, like a little bit. I think yeah, he, was, yeah. he was getting, he was getting into the, the wild bullshit that he got into in Hollywood. Sort of. Yeah. And I think that's what got kept him out of a lot of other movies and the sequel, you know, Dial of Destiny. I think that that <laughs> that that the behavior, kept him out, Chris. The behavior uh, that he had for so long is something that a lot of production companies don't want anything to deal with. You know, yeah, that and just you know he was not liked. It, not, it, liked. not Shia, but well, maybe that too. But well, like, he, he was just not liked as a character. We brought in, well, yeah, Mutt, Mutt was not liked, was not well received. Um, but I think Shia LaBeouf represents that late stage of method acting where people are starting to get sick and tired of it and fed up with it. Mm-hmm. And they just don't, they don't see it as anything but like an ego trip. You know, what somebody described method acting is a pass to be an asshole on set nonstop. 
Uh, and I, I think that's pretty for the, for the non like geniuses actors. I think that's spot on. Like it's yeah. just, you being a prick to everybody and you're allowed to. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like part of this movie is something good, but it just it loses all of its good faith in the second half of the movie. Um, Sean Connery turned down the role. Oh, well, let me get to the technicals here. Uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by David Cope. Um, Rotten Who's Tomatoes. Who will score, return? Who will return? Also will wrote will Dial, return? Dial mm-hmm. Destiny. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score 77%. Audience score 53%. But here's the here's the real important shit right here. Uh, budget, $185 million. Box office, $790 million. Oh, that is so much. I don't think I'm ever going to yeah. see that again. <laughs> I, <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, like a movie that is an Avatar. <laughs> yeah, like it's gonna happen. So, so the bad Indiana Jones movie still made seven hundred million dollars. It was the second highest grossing film of two thousand eight. What was the first? Do you know? The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, what was this one called again? Whole uh, film shot in USA, baby. Huh. Whole movie, sound stages and shit. And uh, shooting out in the middle of like woods in California. That was it. Um, yeah, Sean Connery turned down the role. He's being being too happy being in retirement. Uh, he stated he liked the film, but it was too long. Runtime, 122 minutes. Wait, who did? Is it- Sean Connery. Sean Connery. So that was He's not wrong. Two minutes less than his own movie? Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I get what he's saying because the pacing is awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But it's like, well, technically it's shorter than uh, his, yeah. the, his own Indiana Jones movie that he was in. Shit. After watching Last Crusade, I'm like, give me more, baby. Would you, Yeah. Would you rather be like stuck in the hot summer for two hours and like, <laughs> like whatever? To be, fair, or, to like, be fair, he may have said the same thing about that movie, too. I was good, but God damn it. Keep in mind, you I'm know, a thousand years old. It's too long. <laughs> we can all thank Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen for making sure we didn't see um, good old James Bond in this one. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, he, after he made that, he was like, I'm retired. I'm done. Movies suck. I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame yeah. him one bit, man. <laughs> I was out. Uh, John Rice Davis was supposed to return, but they gave him like just a small role at the end in the wedding, and he's like, "I don't, I don't want to do it." I yeah, what's more. the point, dude? I want to, I want Sala to be in it like every other movie. Except I guarantee you that once he turned down, once Sean Connery turned down this movie, that Sala just you know completely also just like got his role shrunk to nothing. Until yeah, I mean, he just he, said no. He doesn't have a huge role in in Last Crusade, but like it's not. At the end, in a wedding. I mean, he basically had the role he turned down in Dial, where he's in it for like a scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? I think it was like, do you want to come back, even if it's small? And he's like, no, absolutely not. And a little bit later, he's like, oh please, Jesus Christ, whatever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just, it's kind of sad. He was probably riding high. I mean, when was Kingdom? Ooh, that was two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. He was probably still like, bro, I was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like, whatever, yeah. old man. And <laughs> Still okay, so here it comes both Ford and Spielberg push back against Lucas's alien plot, but they're too old. Just too they're old. They're just like whatever, George. Whatever, we'll make Fine. you dimensional aliens. Fine. Cool little little fact here: uh, they brought in M Night Shyamalan to do a script, a pass on the script, 
but he left after a month because he said neither Ford, Lucas, or Spielberg could remain focused for longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> Wait, M. Night Shyamalan was there? He probably... he. He was probably in a room and they all were just talking around him. And he's like, this is fucking stupid. This is, yeah, like, nah. Uh, There is apparently a Frank Darabont version of this script. Yes. That is apparently a banger. I think it still involved Russians. Yeah. And it still involved the Russians were trying to develop some sort of psychic weapon, like in this one. But it had nothing to do with aliens. That's the only thing I know about it. I don't really know because they didn't really get into it on any of the sources I was looking into. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine that the alien thing came later. This one's kind of weird. Cause it's like, I understand it's the 1950s and it's got like the greasers and stuff like that. But also, you know, the, the Russians aren't Nazis. No, no. I think I, I will say this though. I think Kate Blanchett really goes, out of her way on this one. I think she's, she's having really fun. Good. Like it's she's really fun. fun. I enjoy it. And she's playing like a really crazy character. Ivana and... Spankoff. Isn't that her name? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> like that. There's a little bit of like weird romantic tension between her and Indiana Jones. Like that, mm-hmm. that, Cause like every love interest that Indiana Jones has kind of hates him. Like yes. there's always that love hate yeah. relationship. And, uh, I, I would prefer that he like tried to seduce her than bring back Marion personally. Because I don't think Marion was the only one anyone liked in terms of romantic leads. I guess. And it's like it's it's I mean, yeah, but at that point you're changing the whole plot, right? You're changing Mutt's mom. Devin, there's a reason why she didn't have a single line in Dial of Destiny. <laughs> well, she said, she I'm did. making you breakfast. Or oh, they, yeah. just, they just stole the line from Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's true. That's a good point. That very end scene. But I mean, like, ugh, she is rough. She's rough. I, I think I think she's worse. I actually think she's worse than Capshaw in this movie. I mean, she's so bad. I think so. I mean, she, she hadn't been in movies for like a long time. So, and then you could tell, um, yeah, the, she, the yeah. worst scene, the worst scene in this movie is Indiana Jones in, in quicksand with Marion. That fucking scene sucks. It is the, I think maybe the worst scene in Indiana Jones history. It it's is real so weird. Bad. And he's like, don't call what? it a snake, call it a rope. Yeah, what what is like break it down? Like, what is so bad about it? So it's Marion and Mindy, yeah. like just bah, 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 bah. Yeah. that's what I describe. Right? I mean, that Bickering. scene is the reveal where like she reveals to him that yes. Mutt is his son. Yes, yes. They both get stuck in the quicksand, they both start sinking, they both flipping out. Marion's losing her goddamn mind. Then Mutt grabs a snake off the tree and he's like, here. Use use this to get out. You know, Marion pulls her way out, and then it's just Indy in this quicksand. He's like, "Call a rope! <laughs> Call a rope!" They just got real lazy with it, and it's so like, lazy. no, you don't have to refer to his it's fear in every very movie. Flat too, like it's, it's so incredibly flat. flat. Like it's weirdly, sh- it doesn't feel like it feels like it was like a second unit director yep. making a version of the Rob Zombie Halloween intro scene with his trash family. <laughs> I'd say the whole 
second half of this movie is the second unit director. Trying this to is the Rob second Zombie. unit director. Second Zombie. unit director Rob Zombie. Yeah, I do. I think there's this everything about it's flat. Like the whole second half, the pacing's dead. The acting is bad. Like even Indiana Jones, like oof, he's got some bad line reads in the yeah, second half of this movie. It's weird because like, and Red Letter Media always touches on this, yeah. where in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the trailer, there's the scene where he says part time. But like, like art time, the trailer one is actually like, okay, this is Indiana Jones. But the one they use in the movie is so flat and light time. Art time. <laughs> like they are 100% right where it's like, whoever was like editing it. Well, at least whoever was like taking like the, the, the cuts that they were like approving. Like, I don't know, man. Like the trailer house was doing the better ones. They put, they picked the, the worst take. Yeah. <laughs> Threw it in there. And like the end of that, like that, that second half of that movie feels like when you watch like an indie horror movie where they're just like walking in the woods. Yeah. The majority of it. Like that's what the second part of that movie feels like. And we didn't even talk about Ray Winston as Mac. Like I actually kind of like him. I like like the idea. I like the idea. Right. Like, and I don't, I, I don't like how stupid Indy is where he's like, Oh, he's a double agent. You know, like, (laughs) I think there are shades of Mac or I think there are shades. Yeah. I think there are shades of Mac in, what's her name? Wombat in, in Dial of Destiny. Yeah. yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Very similar characters. I think she rides the line a little bit. Uh, Phoebe Bridget Wallace. She rides it a little bit more of an anti-hero. I think Mac's mm-hmm. like full villain, like bad guy, like right. immortal, immoral and lying to Indy nonstop. And Indy's just like, okay. he's so stupid whenever he has to talk to Mac it's it's all stupid ball Um, stupid ball yeah I mean and that's something I'm going to bring up a lot in the next movie Um, yeah so I I I will preface I will will end this movie synopsis by saying it's underrated but not by much I think is still a bad movie but that first half really gives you a glimmer of hope you know, yeah, like, it does there. trick you. It does trick you. Tricks you. It, it keeps you settled in for the the yeah. shit fest that is the second half. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> I think this is the only movie that I've seen in the past like two decades with Chris, where he has apologized for, <laughs> for taking us to it. I swear to God, it was. Yeah, crazy. you were really, you were really upset. I kind of walked away going like, eh, okay, it wasn't good. It certainly wasn't good. Like, I was happy I saw it in theaters. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, Chris, you, you were like, you got it out of the way. Furious. Yeah. <laughs> furious, Chris. I basically, Steve's scenario is like, it's like getting a shot. It, well, that's the thing. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's like when, uh, imagine if we had waited and we saw it at home and we were like, well, that's spoilers. That stunk. Um, <laughs> spoilers yeah if you haven't caught on yet <laughs> that stunk but like i didn't see it on the big screen and like i feel like uh what was that movie with sandra bullock where she's in space oh gravity Noon. gravity or, yeah, thank gravity, you yeah. yeah i remember seeing gravity in theaters and being completely awestruck by it I was yeah like, this is visually beautiful and then when i tried to watch it at home i was like this movie sucks this movie <laughs> is just like people just silently going oh for like two hours <laughs> well that's the thing you know like the um 
especially for gravity like that's such a spectacle movie you know yeah like, you can't seeing that at I, home is i saw it in its close. best form so like like that's the thing if i saw this at home i'd always have that little inkling in my head where i was like well, did I see it in its best form or is that just my <laughs> fault for not seeing it in a theater? And it's like, nah, 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 dog. You, you saw it in the best way. It can be shown. Real. As sentimental as this sounds, I think I deserve Indiana Jones deserves me going to a theater and watching it. Like I, I, yeah, I've loved it since I was a child and you know, I feel like that carries some weight and there's a reason why yeah. I wanted to see it in, in the theater, you know, I agree. Um, um, this movie might be the movie that like flushed that for me though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel okay. I'll, I'll say it right now. This is the worst film I saw all year. Hands down. Like there's no worse than cocaine bear. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ooh. like cocaine bear, you kind of go in thinking it's going to be bad and yeah. it was worse, but it still was in that realm of being a bad horror movie, which was always kind of trying to be. Yeah, this was trying to be something and failed in every way it could. Um, and that to me, and it was trying to be something of a high caliber. Also, Cocaine Bear didn't cost $350 million. To make. <laughs> <laughs> well, was... they had to make Harrison Ford look weird, you know? Yeah, they did. Like, that was a real important thing to ruin my childhood or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, so that first opening scene, the the, the opening scene of this film. Well, let's get the technical out of the way. Let's get the technical out of the way. We're talking about the Dial Destiny, of course. Came out in 2023 yeah. this year. Last last week. Uh, Rock Tomato score 68%. Audience score 88%. Oh, people love it. Box office standing at $152 million right now. That's oh. really bad. Oh. Yeah, it's not. I mean, oh. listen, it's not the worst, but you know the week two drop is going to be insane. I'm going to say this. This This made basically all the money it's going to make now. Comprehensively and disastrously worse than every other Indiana Jones movie that has come out. Yeah, because I'll I'll say this. I walked away going like, I think I liked it better than uh, Crystal Skull. And Chris, you basically looked at me like I I shit on your shoe. (laughs) And I was like, well, when did you see it? And you were like, hours ago. (laughs) So, I took you know. Steven's advice. I, I I sat down and watched Crystal Skull before going into this movie, just to give some sort of reference and context to how bad it could yeah. be. Yeah, because I heard bad things. I'm not gonna lie. I, I walking into Dial of Destiny, I heard it was good. Like bad. weeks before, like those scores, like I was like, oh, this isn't gonna be good, is it? I think it was sitting at like a 38 percent at one point, like real low. And then you know, a few a week later, it started getting some middling reviews you know people saying it's it's, it's uh, and i don't agree yeah, all, with the positive, all the positive reviews are like eh, it's kind of fun like it, it seems right. like very passive positive i i i i it's the 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 cardinal sin the two cardinal sins i think with indiana jones movies is if it's not fun and it takes you out of whatever is happening and both of those things happen non-fucking-stop in this movie they weren't it was boring and so many goddamn scenes and the the comedy was atrocious 
Dude, I don't think I laughed. I think I grinned because they had the holy hand grenade in one oh, scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. You pointed that out to me. I was like, yeah. oh, that's cute. And then the rest of the movie, I'm like, uh. You know? <laughs> looking looking uh. over at Chris, I thought he might have had a stomach ache. But it was just, <laughs> the, it was just the film. It was a lot of like forehead touching mm. and a lot of like rubbing my chin. Like, oh, God. So there was there was like i don't know there was a group of like kind of like noisy people in front of us um but there was like a a child with them and i kind of took note of this because i don't think in my youth ever that i could say that an indiana jones bored me yeah this child was literally bored they were just like talking and running up and down the aisles aisles. (laughs) this is a bored child theaters are strange man because like i think i didn't see that kid I was right. Well, I was, you were I was on the end. Away. You were a little far. But away. like still a child running around just completely missed my, my point of view. That's why I think he had more fun than I did. Well, Chris, if you were running up yelled. and down the aisles, would you have liked it more? <laughs> yeah, that's what I did when I watched Orphan. Chris being like, boom, 10 out of 10 movie. Plenty of room to play. <laughs> what? <laughs> I had so much fun. I brought my cars. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have more fun playing with, with cars. I brought my cars. I think if I was drawing while watching this, it would have been better. Just laying on the floor of the movie theater coloring. It would have been a better movie. Um, you, I, drew I, in I, a, you drew in a Harrison Ford face, and some guy said, this is the face. Put it on uh, this not. is the young Harrison Ford. <laughs> Got to make sure his face doesn't catch up with the rest of his head, though, because we want to keep audiences scared. <laughs> so that's the so that's the thing, okay? Like, I don't know what it is with Disney, and I I kind of felt the same way with um Samuel uh, Jackson, not Samuel L. Jackson. I'm trying to think of um from Rogue One, the dead actor oh. uh, who oh, looks uh, like a skeleton. Oh, the guy they use for oh. What is his uh, General Tarf- Tarkin? Tarkin? Tarkin, Tarkin, Moff, thank you. Yeah, Moff, Moff Tarkin. Tarkin. Or Moff, Moff, Moff Tarkin. Tarkin. The Grand Moff, the Grand Moff. Grand Moff. Uh, like, that looked really good when I remember seeing it. Yeah. But then they show it non-stop. Like, they are so proud of it. Yeah, that and, scene is like 30 minutes, isn't it? Yeah, so- and they keep like like having it like fully lit. And there's like one moment in the the intro of of Dial of Destiny when young Harrison Ford is unmasked, and I'm like, oh, that looks really good. Yeah, yeah. And then he just keeps moving. Yeah, the moving <laughs> hands down, hands down. Anytime there's an action scene and you see his face, he looks like a corpse, mm-hmm. like a dead person driving whatever or running up a train. Like it scared me. I was shocked, <laughs> unnerving. It scared me more than Skinnamarink. I, <laughs> I was more unnerved watching that fucking ghost face tr- you know, slowly move across his head whenever yeah. he did anything. No, no. Eyebrows, man. They can't, still don't have them. They still, and still eyebrows can't figure like, those out. That's how you emote, man. That's how you, on, their, on your face. The Dog. formula. The dogs have eyebrows. Dogs, dogs do have eyebrows. You can dogs. tell a dog's emotions. That's why they're lovable. Harrison Ford does not have eyebrows. That's why they're lovable. They can emote. They make faces and shit. This one is just like nothing. It was dead. It was a dead man. I watched the dead man. Like it, the, that scene feels dead too. Like oh, that's dude, the thing. Yes. Like 
you know, we were talking about all these like ridiculous things, like hearts being ripped out and uh, 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 nuke the fridge. But I think like right out the gate, because it is not Steven Spielberg who is like, all right, let's play where it's like, this is James Mangold. And I don't know what's going on with James Mangold in this one, but like, you know, he is one. He's not the guy to make a fun adventure movie. See, this makes like morose, sad people movies. I think you're absolutely right. And I think he had too much respect for the, for the series to do anything. Yeah. Anything interesting. Like Mm. there was, there was a rumor. He does do one thing. Well, he does do one (laughs) thing, but there there was a rumor going around that, that Indiana Jones was going to be killed in this movie. And that was the original idea. He was going to die. And Manigold's like, I can't do that to my character, my favorite character. And you know what? I kind of understand where he's coming from. Cause if I had to direct Indiana Jones and I had the one where I get to, I had to kill Indiana Jones off. I feel like an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a piece of shit. Especially if it's like not good. The rest of the movie also isn't that good. Absolutely. I mean, like, I think even if I was like in pre-production and that was the end of the script and it was like a final draft, I'd be like, I can't do this. Like I, I love this character too much. You want me to do. (laughs) (laughs) And it's my respect and admiration that would doom the project, you know? Yeah. Cause I, I didn't have the hooks, but to do something different and to change things. And, you know, I don't want to throw it all at his feet. I think he's not a great director, though. Like, I, I feel like with movies like Logan, I feel like that's concept and performances. Yeah, I, I think you know, that. Logan might have been a flash in the pan. And I think it's, yeah, I think he, he got lucky with, you know, the perfect timed movie about Wolverine. It was perfectly yeah. timed, huh? perfectly conceptualized. And the performances by Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman, everybody, that, that kid is great all great um and in this one i was watching an 80 year old man being tossed around a plane because i don't think he could move around it no it's like honestly (laughs) this movie is if you go into it not expecting an indiana jones movie but expecting a new weekend at bernie's you might enjoy it (laughs) he's just (laughs) tossed around like a like a little ragdoll old man and he's just constantly in different places that he's sitting like that's the set. Like where yeah. can we sit him? <laughs> There's like always like a bed or a chair. <laughs> and it's like it's like the Steven Seagal movies that are coming out now. Like <laughs> like a sniper, and he's always <laughs> sitting, he's always sitting in a chair with like a gun. Like he's <laughs> he's not getting up anymore. Like that's <laughs> funny for Steven Seagal, but like it's sad for yeah, Ford, right. Like, I love Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, you know, like you said, Chris, like we grew up with Harrison Ford. Like, yeah, man. It's one of probably, our dudes. Probably one of the most. I mean, he's not a, the best actor ever, but he's like one of the most charismatic. Yeah. Hands down. Like he, he fucking pops on the screen, man. And to see him not to see that that flame like flicker out. Oh, man, it's, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah. Like that's like the, the first thing. Yeah. The first Harrison Ford you see is this weird dead one. Yeah, dude. You know mm-hmm. that really took me out of it. That's that's a, a big issue. The Have biggest you seen problem. Any of the behind the scenes stuff where it's like they had just like all the stunt actors wearing like old man Harrison Ford like rubber masks. It oh. looks like he's Carl Havoc. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Give it to me. And that's the thing. Like 
where where were those scenes happening? Like maybe I just didn't notice it. Like I guess where were the stunt men actually doing stunts? Like if is it is it I think so anytime he had to do more than walk. I guess and like, honestly it's I, it's so seamless that I don't really even recognize the stunt men or the stunt performance like it's the CGI element of this film is one of the, one of the bigger problems. I think yeah. If there was a, a very particular scene towards the end of the movie uh which was, you know, kind of calling back the Temple of Doom and they and and Raiders where they were walking through like a tunnel and they get covered in bugs. And Harrison Ford's like, you got to get them all off you. He's basically saying that because there's nothing on him. Yeah. Trying to act like there's bugs on him. And listen, like that one behind the scenes scene with Kate Capshaw screaming about bugs and not wanting to do it. That's part of the performance, right? Right. Like her being creeped out by actual bugs. But she's going to do it. She's, She's gonna, gonna do, do it, the scene. and I'm f- and that's cool, and it adds like a level of realism to it, and it makes you there's like real emotion on the screen, right? And that's completely gone. It's and like like that's gone. not the actor's fault. Like the the actors are just like go down this corridor. We're gonna digitally add a billion bugs. Yeah, later. and it's lazy, and it's it's kind of sad if you're an actor too, because you're like. Wow, this is it, man. It's going to be my big blockbuster movie. I mean, there's that famous story with... um, Ian McKellen? Yeah, Ian McKellen, where he just, like, sobbed because he was just like, this isn't why I got into acting, because they're like, okay, so uh, all the hobbits are there, just think they're there, and go. And he's Talk to this tennis ball. Dude, (laughs) this sucks. It's rough. And I, I, I think there is one really solid performance in this movie, and that's... Uh, with Wombat, with Phoebe Waller, Wallace, Waller Bridges? Waller, yeah, Waller. yeah. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, I, I liked her in this. I liked that she was kind of unscrupulous and um, immoral. It, it I think she's cool. being held back by Harrison Ford. I, you're absolutely I right. I hate saying, Chris. <laughs> you're absolutely I right. Think, I think this movie could have been a fun Lupin the Third-esque yeah. romp. Yep. Through the 1960s, and they were like, "Well, that's not what the Indiana Jones franchise is." So, and you know, dude, you could have easily did this too. You could have had, you know, Harrison Ford be like the the guy in the van or the guy in the chair that she's going to for advice, and he doesn't have to do these action scenes. It's all her, and like, he he could be along carrying time for the ride, you know, like his father in Last Crusade. Exactly. Yeah. It, holy dude. Like, oh man, dude, you're making me sad. I know. <laughs> you're making Trust me sad because, like, that's all you had to do. Give him an umbrella, make him flop it open a few times to scare some birds, to kill some planes. <laughs> I think, I think the Anticaro is a bad move too. I think the MacGuffin in this movie is not good. Like, no. I, the moment, the moment I got home, I had a better idea. Like, that's mm-hmm. not great. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I thought, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if in the last movie it's about Nazis? But, like, you keep Mads Mikkelsen's character. You keep all the aspects that they had in this movie. But you make it about, like, Jewish golems that are, like, rising up underneath, a, like, Poland. And they just, somebody, like, a, a, they accidentally rose up. They were originally supposed to rise up and fight against the Nazis. But now they are. And there's an army of fucking golems marching around Europe. And there's a German at the head of the army. And he's like, I'm going to take over the world. 
with this this army of mythical creatures. Like that's I like that more. And I <laughs> so I thought it when I was driving. Like that's not good. No, that is but still though, that's like that's more in line with like Indiana Jones than yeah. like spoilers. Yeah, I don't for, say like yeah, yeah I don't no, want to say it's like time not travel out of control. But it's just it's, I don't know. The anti-car is lame. It's the one point in the movie. Yeah. I mean, the one point in the movie where, like, I didn't know where we were going. Yeah, like dude. I thought I knew, yeah. and then maybe that was good. Maybe, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I, but it's like good. It's it's not knowing in a bad way, like being lost. Yeah, yeah. Like, At that point, my body and mind were screaming. Ah, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> not to mention this, Kalani. That's what my like, brain kept saying. Like the movie, the movie, it, and again this whatever right but it doesn't help that the way they shoot edit like lay the scene out is there's a large chunk of time where i'm like why is mads mickelson's character both still young and like not dead yes and i like they're talking and my brain's going okay whatever but like when are they gonna get to the part that he's like a time travel like a, a younger version of him or the version that got out before the pole hit him at <laughs> 900 miles per hour. Which, which I will somehow say survived. would have killed any other Nazi in any other. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, Chris, I said this before, but this has a 99% kill rate in any movie. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like speed killed that guy. Yep. Like any movie except for this one. And it's like, and it's not like the end all be all. Like it's not why this movie sucks, but it's just like, how they got like a simple concept like that wrong is well, Devin. The devil's in my de- mind. The devil's in the details, man. Like you get the yeah. small, sh- you get enough of the small shit wrong. It's a bad thing in the end. But here, here's the problem though with this movie. Again, why I keep talking about James Mangold not understanding cinematic language like Spielberg, where there are so many scenes in this movie that are hung up on those small details where it is extending these scenes to boring proportions. Like there's a point where they end up in like some sort of tomb and like, you're like, Oh, we're adventuring into a tomb, but it keeps cutting back to outside the tomb of like setting up, like the guy who's a tourist, uh, uh, trap selling guy. And like the Nazi yeah, show up for yeah. the hundredth time and being like, ha ha ha, we need to show you uh, that you have a motorcycle. Uh, so that way, 20 minutes from now, when, um, Wombat is escaping and trying to catch up, uh, she has access to a motorcycle that we've established yeah, rather yeah. than just in like Spielberg Spielberg would just have a guy driving a motorcycle down the road and she would just run over and hit him and steal it or like, literally build a cool little scene out of it like in Last Crusade where he sends the power boats off and he oh runs God, off screen scene. he runs off screen with Sean Connery and the Nazis are like they're in the boats go get them and then he pops out of a fucking box in a, in a motorcycle that came out of nowhere mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah that's how you fucking make an action scene you, it kind of feels him. like he watched too much cinema sins and was terrified you know I think you're right I think he focused because he he had too much anticipation of making this movie yeah. like an Indiana Jones and it's not movie. like it's not a bad thing to like have a, a, a kind of a tight script but it was it was detracting yeah, um, yeah. It, it takes you away out of the movie yeah it takes you it makes you think about plot devices it makes you think 
about, oh, that's a nice way to, to solve that plot hole problem. Like, I don't care about that fucking shit when I'm watching Indiana Jones. It's movie. so depressing, yeah. too. At no point am I like, I'm having fun. I'm like excited. The entire time I'm like, all these people are too old. They're miserable. Um, they're terrible people. Like the entire time I'm just sitting back and I'm like, this, this is why we brought Indy back. Yeah, and like, even to the end, like, I'm like, this is miserable and sad. And like, even like the little, like, oh, look, we got like, all you did was like, essentially just ruined Indiana Jones's life. Yep. which they established in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where it's like, ah, oh, they have that little happy ending where they get married. The in, end. In, like, ha ha. Steve, in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones is a fucking colonel, a multi-decorated colonel. They call him Colonel Jones mm. in, a, in an interrogation scene. He is an assistant dean of Marshall University, the, the fake college. That he invented. Like, d- glowing. Like, he's got a good life. And then they tear it all down to make this. Like, that's... Yeah. It's 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 a slap. It's an insult to injury. Like they keep they keep finding a way to crush the Indiana Jones happy ending. Yeah. Last <laughs> Crusade, riding off into the sunset with the squad, with the homies, and then they're like, "We're gonna strangle that and give, make you have a weird alien adventure." But you know what? You have a happy ending. You get with Marion, your son. Things are good. Oh, we're gonna squeeze in! You're a miserable old coot, and you suck, and you're just much useless. fucking dead. Fuck Mo- you! You're sad. Mo- your son hated you so much that he enlisted for Vietnam. Any eighty-year-old in that position in their life would die alone. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. You really want to be serious about it? Like, it's the position that he's put in at the end is just, or in the beginning of the movie, you're just like, oh god, he's is the worst possible spot and he's in the end of his life. Like it's even sadder, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a sad, depressing look at like a hero. And I can't believe James Madigold let that one go. You know, uh, even though he was upset about killing him off, he didn't want to do it, but he, let, he let, he maybe he just loves old, like happy old couples, I guess. But like that's man, like me. that last scene with him and Marion, like, he just looks like he looks like fucking the dude from up like he's <laughs> yeah. like That's like they're, they they are like yeah they are just they're going to die tomorrow yeah, you know one, I hate that one scene where he like leaves the university in a huff i told steve he's, yeah. like, he's going to go attach balloons to his house you know? <laughs> he, did, he really did he's like thanks for putting up with me i i know i fucking suck oh, I'm <laughs> exactly. like, damn man oh, okay dude. i think I got some facts here, but I don't really care about them. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. I'm, okay. I want to right. know who to blame. So it was shot in USA, Italy, and Morocco, and Scotland. Um, okay. One of the most expensive films ever made. Yeah, you heard that. <sighs> one of the most expensive films ever made. Um, originally, it was supposed to be released in 2019, but was pushed back because of Ready Player One. Too good, they said. <laughs> um but like why spielberg didn't direct this he was producing it and i think he wanted to be on set for yeah. it yeah i think that was like the big part of it yeah you know? that really it really yeah, really helped really helped yeah. um the screenwriters used operation paperclip as an influence for the plot which operation paperclip was the american government stealing a bunch of nazi scientists to build their space rockets 
And, you know, I was that part was factual because he said he was from Alabama. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where they all went. They all went to Huntington, Alabama. And uh, Huntington, Alabama has the largest amount of white supremacists in the entire country. Oh, fun, 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 fun. So they say that's because of Nazi scientists that live there. <laughs> But uh, cool. I think, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I think he was supposed to be like a, a Mads Mikkelsen's character was supposed to be like a, a Werner von Braun type. Yeah, um, that was the that was like the one time in the movie where I was like, oh, that's a little ballsy. Like yeah. he just willingly like, oh yeah, the government's trying to, or the government is actively working with former Nazi scientists. And you know that one scene I actually kind of liked between Mads and the uh, the guy at the hotel, and he's like, did you really win the war? Yeah, how's yeah. that going? I did for like you? that. I did like that little, the <laughs> yeah. little combo. How are you enjoying your victory? Yeah, dude, uh, that that was cool. That's a cool way to build up a character, and I think that's just Mads moments. You know, I know, yeah. I know a better director uh, who, if given that scene, would have knocked it out of the park. His name's something like Steven Spiel something. Yeah, right. And he would die to do a scene like that too. To make Absolutely. A Nazi, like to make Americans being, you know, okay with Nazi scientists. <laughs> like that would have been, he would love that. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, Mutt was not in any drafts of the script. Not yeah. First, not surprising. second. I think he, uh, he left a pretty big impact. And this is another fucking mess made by Kathleen Kennedy too. I want to point that out. Yeah, um, some people are saying they're wondering if this is the one that gets her gets her fired. I mean, she's been around for a minute. She's been around since know. Poltergeist, man. I mean, like I, 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 I can't imagine how she still has a job. I don't understand it. I don't get Hollywood. I, is this nepotism? <laughs> is it just she knows enough people to keep her afloat? I mean, that's it, right? Yeah, she's just like been the person to, you know, she has Star Wars and she has this and she has some other stuff. And it's not like the Star Wars money movies lost money, but they also seeming like they were much more difficult because of her. I yeah, think it's, so, I think it's that it's, brand was in a healthier place before. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like yeah. it's now she's they're starting to feel the impact of making nothing but shit for an IP and. Audiences are spurning that they don't want to be a part of it anymore. And, you know, I don't blame them. It's, it's what happens when a, a good idea is grounded into the ground forever and, and <laughs> dies miserably. <Yeah. laughs> it's sad to see. Um, but yeah, I hope this is it, man. I hope this is the, uh, the bell for her. She I think the they've been, been goosing some of those rotten, rotten tomato numbers too, honestly. They have to be right, like that. That yeah, this jump. is what, like a seventy-seven percent. Like this isn't like it's a like eight. It's like eighty something with audience scores, like eighty-eight. Which, like, ah, dude, I think even like most audiences can tell that this is kind of a stinker. Like, I think I know who's in that twelve percent. That kid who kept running up and down the aisles. <laughs> I love it. Oh my Great god, time. so much room to play. <laughs> Oh, I'll this is the movie. movie. John Williams considered retirement after this movie, but he uh, Dude, he's back. the the music The music crescendo moments are all wrong. Yeah, like you can tell that like he didn't like compose this movie. Is he is credited for the music music by because it's like it's his song. Like, yeah, it's da, his da, 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 da. but like 
there are points in this movie where it's just like bum 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 bum. It's like generic kind of Marvel like trash music. Yeah, dude. It's not. It's not like. Uh, it's a, like temp. A, it's like temp yeah. music. Temp, yeah. temp villain music. That's exactly. And like whenever heard. the Indiana Jones swell comes in, it's always at like too late or the wrong moment. Yeah. I think uh, this whole film, the timing and pacing is just screwy in every way, shape, or form. <laughs> it's, it, it feels yeah. like people who like like Indiana Jones, but they don't understand how to make his movies. Yeah. Or like yeah. these movies in general, which, you know, yeah. I think and that's Chris, just a formula. I do think, Chris, this may have hit you just a little bit hard because you you have such a, a history with the Indiana, Indiana Jones movies. Like, I kind of walked away going like, yeah. Not that good, but like it didn't make me mad. Where like you were upset. I was, and I was, listen, I was that was me. That was me when I like walked when the Robocop movie ended. Oh my <laughs> god. I was just like I was despondent. Oh know? man, I was the same way I watched that movie. <laughs> I was like, this fun. is this like hurt. And it's like you can just be like, Oh yeah, whatever, shitty movie. It's like no, imagine man, sometimes Devin, this is like a sequel. Imagine a sequel to that RoboCop movie, but (laughs) RoboCop's 80. Yeah. (laughs) And it makes that other RoboCop movie slightly better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then we all go, yeah, RoboCop 3 is really underrated. Uh, At least least RoboCop has a hand. And then in this one, they just like blow up his like his remaining hand. He's just a head now. No jaw. He's just all robot. He's like yeah. a tongue hanging out, like hanging, flopping up against his, his lower part of his neck. <laughs> Which, uh, I just wish it was. Well, did you get a nostalgic rush of seeing Harrison Ford back in action? Absolutely not. Yeah. It's, uh, did you get a nostalgic watch uh, rush when you rewatched the three original movies? Oh my god, did I ever. I felt like a child again. It was lovely. This movie made me feel like an adult, which was awful. <laughs> <laughs> this, this movie made me very aware of the passing of time. Yeah, wow. yeah. Chris, We're all, we all like, get old. <laughs> feel like that's a shockingly poignant quote. Like, oh, the originals made me feel like a child again. I loved it. This one made me feel like an adult, and it was awful. I have to pay taxes, and eventually we'll get old in a single-bedroom apartment with my weird body. <laughs> with your weird body. <laughs> with those gutters, though, dude. You got those yeah, gutters, though. still got the gutters, right? That's all yeah. that matters. Um, okay, so you guys asked me which one when I strangle. Burn <laughs> and strangle. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to strangle Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I want that to be intimate. I want, them, I want that to look me in the eyes to know. Mm-hmm. That it failed. It's your last time you're going to see mud. So yeah, yeah. And then I would burn this so it never existed. If that <laughs> can I? I use the Antikara to find a time rift to make yeah. sure this movie doesn't get made. Oh no, the- Chris! There's Archimedes. They're shooting arrow. Oh no, I'm sorry, uh, dude. We didn't even touch on the Nazis. I, I fucking <laughs> shooting at the Romans. <laughs> That is so stupid. And that one Roman who just had it in for him and he just dies immediately. Like, what the? For some reason, when they go back in time to 2 BC, <laughs> and I know the these are funny, like, wacky Indiana Jones adventures. 2 BC. Just there's some Roman soldier that has it in for Indiana Jones. <laughs> Gotta kill that guy. <laughs> you know, like, there's, there's meat on those bones, but then the movie's like, yeah, I'm not interested. Yep. It's like, oh. It okay. never follows through at all. It gives that scene gives me such big uh, Bill and Ted vibes. 
I oh couldn't God, stop yes. thinking oh. of Plato. And I'm like, <laughs> why am I thinking of like or Socrates? <laughs> Socrates, I'm sorry, Socrates. So starts, great air, he just great starts air guitar right in front of Indy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Hell yeah. I'm in. I would have, I would have liked a, a crazy Genghis Khan going nuts in a mall. <laughs> Way more. <laughs> That's all rules. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, uh, they use that song in uh, Stranger Things, which is awesome. I oh. do. I love that song so much. Um, yeah, that's it, guys. Uh, that's the Indiana Jones movies. Strong uh, yeah. start, lousy finish. Lousy finish, really rough. And uh, you know, I just want to want to preface this. I want to give this as a warning to you kids out there. Don't 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 watch these last two movies. You watch the first three, and uh, you know, just enjoy it, and then get older and watch nice. these other two. And <laughs> <laughs> I was Indiana oh. Jones. I was I was nice. there until <laughs> nice. <laughs> it tells me you you didn't know that was in there, Steve. I didn't. I didn't know it's a nice <laughs> nice. Be, behold, nice. Behold, <laughs> behold the ravages of age. That's what I would say. <laughs> watching this last movie, and uh, I'm sorry. That's it. I apologize.